Oh my god, Wolf. Oh my god, Wolf! Hello everyone, Mr. Happy here, and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This this week is spoiler cast, we're all tired, but we're going to talk about lore anyway, because we're all irresponsible adults who can't seem to keep a schedule down packed, whether it be because GT Sport is launching at midnight, or one of us streamed too long, or the other one just needs a glass of whiskey to get through a hard day. Regardless of what it is, we've got lore to talk about today, everything patch 4.1, the gloves are off, so let's get started. I'm, as one of, as I said, one of your hosts, Michael, Mr. Happy Poveromo, of course, joining me is Sly, aka Sly the Fox, aka Sly, aka Gray Fox, aka you, my boy Blue, how you doing? As you said, tired. Tired. Yeah. We're good. That's that's all that's good. all we need. Yeah. That's it. I got that's coffee. Yeah, me too. I'm done with it. I got whiskey now. <laughs> like I do almost every yeah. week. And uh, as many of you probably figured out in the middle of the intro, because somebody was so excited. To, oh my god, Wolf. Oh my god, Wolf. That's that should be the name of the episode now. It should be Oh My God Wolf. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone who's wondering, Wolf makes GIFs or short videos of us every week, and uh, FS was really enjoying this week's... This week's I was like, that's way more accurate about Ethis than I think oh, anyone geez, really so realizes until they think about it, because I've favorite. seen you do that exact motion before, where you're like... Yeah, that's literally how I walk, yeah. I know, it is. Yeah. Well, you know, Australia. Hi. Hi. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. So, That's me. <laughs> so the reason why we're all tired, and I named all of our reasons out one by one. <laughs> Sly was doing GT Sport at midnight. Is that not correct, Sly? For 12 hours. Yeah, how was that? Fun. Fun. There you go. Fun. That's as much energy as he has to have that discussion. And then he slept before the show, but not for very long. <laughs> <laughs> Not for very long at all. Then we have Ethis, who hey. was streaming late last night, and uh, he just had daylight saving. Everyone yeah, said you were late. Uh, yeah, I was later than usual, but it was still only until like eight p.m. my time. Now I'm I'm tired because I've got a I've got a secret project that's going on at the moment that I can't really talk about, which is frustrating. But uh, yeah, how was last? How was this last weekend for you? You gotta imagine you're tired after that too. Oh god, I'm so tired after that. It was good though. Does anyone want to, well you can talk about it now because we didn't talk about it the last time you were on. Um what can I talk about now? Weren't weren't wasn't wasn't the packs No 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 it's coming up. Uh it's coming up. Well then I can't tell talk them. About that now, actually, though. No? So for those of you in Australia who are who are tuning in and they're gonna be in Melbourne over packs, uh there is actually gonna be a Final Fantasy fourteen booth there for the first time uh, ever. ever ever and it's gonna be great it's gonna be awesome i'm gonna be there uh diyoshi tv is gonna be there we're gonna be hanging out around the booth um as well as uh Hilmi harry and a bunch of other people and you can do the t-shirt challenge you can beat sue snoo and the other one and it'll be great <laughs> the other one 
The other one. The other one is the one we're talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> the other one. And I'm tired because I'm looking to move to Los Angeles, away from San Diego. Yeah. So it's been... We had one place tell us that we were guaranteed to get it, and then they apparently the person who applied before rescinded that they wanted it so now we have to look for more places which is a wonderful two and a half hour drive there and a two and a half hour drive back and it's gonna be fun so i'm super excited and uh, i'm already done with my whiskey before the show actually starts so you can tell how excited i am but anyway uh, <laughs> anyway now that we're all loosened up and we've cleared the air why the show's a little bit late just a few minutes late this morning i'm surprised you actually already have your coffee this is an episode, I don't think I've wanted so anxiously to do a spoiler cast as quickly as this one. You never have. You always like to put it two two weeks out, and it, it's annoying. I think the expansion yeah. one we did one week out because of normal mode as well. There's I been th- a couple that we've done one week out. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Rare. Yeah. Very, very rare. So why were you particularly anxious about this one, Mike? This is, yeah. I feel, the best job they've done of a of of a not begin or end of expansion story patch so not mm-hmm. the 0.55s and not the 0.0s but mm-hmm. of a 0.1234 or even a part 1 of 5 really yeah like with the except 3.5 is a, is a tough one but 3.5 i don't know 3.5 going into 3.55 they said it was not like 2.5 and 2.55 where it was two full mm-hmm. stories it felt like half a story so that's why i'm putting it a little bit of step above that Whereas okay. two point five five was incredible, and two point five I didn't like as much. It's definitely the best point one story patch that we've had so far. And I I don't know what the community sentiment is at the moment, but that has gone such a long way for me to mitigate a lot of the the sort of worries that people had about this patch in terms of stuff like Eureka being bumped further back and Relic being bumped further back. Um, it's been nice just to be able to like. I don't know, digest all of the the, the scope of uh, the story and law that we've got. Now, before we dive in too deep, we never uh, got, we didn't get to ask you about the patch proper and what you thought of the content. Uh, yeah, like Rabinaster and um, Comedy yeah. EX. What did you, what did you think? Um, I think Rabinaster is great. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's gorgeous. It really, really is. Um, mm-hmm. and people are really, really struggling with that second boss. <laughs> Good old Hushmall. Good old Hushmall. He's pretty lethal. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty rough. Um, that said, I don't think it's any more or less difficult than the other 24 mans that we've had. Um, people yeah. will get their heads around it in a couple of weeks, uh, no doubt. Well, hopefully, I guess we'll see. Um, but I think it's great. Shinryu is a lot of fun. It's not quite as difficult as thought in. Um, but it's another one of those really sort of big spectacular fights, which I think is going to go down as uh, one of my favorites. Um, and I haven't really done much else. I've been so uh, so run down with um, everything I'm doing at the moment. Um, I've basically just done those and like uh, a bit of the squadron stuff. Man, <sighs> Wondrous Palace Final Boss Squadron. No, listen, I... Let me tell you about Scar because I'm almost I'm over level fifty six now, with my uh-huh. squadron arms. Uh-huh. And never have I loved the archer class so much as I do now. 
Yeah, just spamming engage, and they keep using. It takes seven <laughs> minutes to do stone vigil. Holy shit! And by the way, if you're like level fifty to like fifty, it's like five hundred thousand exp if you have like rested yeah. exp and everything for yourself, yeah. not for them. It's yeah. six thousand exp. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I think it's it's really really promising. I'm excited um, by the fact that they're going to be adding new. Uh, new dungeons every patch i believe um and i hope they don't fix <laughs> i hope they don't fix the engage thing i hope that that is considered a feature not a bug <laughs> because it's amazing <laughs> it's not a bug it's a feature hey the lancers get full thrust every single yeah, exactly. uh or they, they get uh they get Incredible. life surge every full thrust if you spam engage the the only thing that i would really like from squadrons would be the ability to like place where you want your tank to position. I would like to place my tank on the fucking bench because the tanks are the worst part about squadrons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Okay. But so you got you got your thoughts out of the way. I know Sly yeah. could probably talk about his thoughts now that he's done Shinryu a little while. I saw I saw a tweet from you about it. Yeah, it's did you share my feeling about the final phase? It is such a letdown. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that last phase is a complete letdown. And we as a static were talking about it. And we came to the conclusion that, yeah, this is, well, not in my own words. I, I think it is between, what did we say, 03 and 04, I think? No, 02 and 03. 02, 02, 02, 02 and 03. Yeah. Um, 02 and 03. My static said, this is for people who can't do O3. I'm like, oh, there's a modicum of truth there. Listen, I, it is, it, I, think actually, I think library phase on itself is harder than all of Shinry, personally, for, like, pubs. Yeah, it is. It is. And the final phase of Shinryu, there could have been a lot more done than just two wings. They could have not made 23% of the last phase just standing on his his back. No, I found that back. surprising that it was like 23 as opposed to like, you know, maybe 10. It's Zentetsuken. Right. Like, Odin yeah. invented this, so. Yeah. 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 So, you, so you guys reckon they basically just find it in for that last phase? Yeah. yeah. First phase, the first phase, the dance, that's probably the best part. It's the toughest part and the yeah. best part. Yeah. The ad phase is pretty intense. It's like Sephiroth levels of intense, the ad phase. Yeah. You know what else is intense? What? Circus fire. What? Intense. You know, inside of tents. Shut up. Circus fire. Come Just... on. <laughs> no, For anyone insane. who's missing this, he's saying intense. <laughs> like a tent. Like a circus tent. Come on, you shouldn't have to explain that. That's hilarious. Alright. And you and Sly, you like to say that I'm the one who makes the worst ones? <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. I don't know anymore. I... I think... I... No. I think he's taking the mantle on that one. Alright. And one last thing about it. Like, I think my... My judgment is kind of clouded by the fact that we were all BIS, so we kind of skipped shit. We were able to skip shit. You can actually skip sore. <laughs> to be fair, his sore is really easy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because like we did it as a part of Velvet Room Raids on Saturday, and there were like we went in as a static one day earlier that week, and then we did Velvet Room Raids, and I'm seeing mechanics that I never saw before. And then the next day, we and then Sunday, we just actually clear it. Yeah, it's 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 good with the IS. It's really, so it's if really you were simple. doing it in like three fifteen or three twenty, do you think it would be of a comparable difficulty to Thornton? Uh comparable. That was yeah. The big thing about Thornton as well was the the scaling. No. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I got to agree with Mike. I think you want to know something funny? Thornton's very last phase is also a complete disappointment because his very last phase is DPS dude in the middle of the room. Yeah. Dude's just AOE over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That seems to be like a theme for those kinds of fights, is it the last phases? There's a healing ch I mean, it's literally like it's a Zantetsukin or a Neverwhere. It's like those kind of things. Like the very end of Neox Death is just... It's like, it's supposed to feel really intense, isn't it? Like uh -huh. it's For the healers, sometimes it can, but... And we gotta get it before, before he gets it. Let me just say this. If you're a healer and you're refusing to DPS at the end of Shinryu, I've actually got no empathy for you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not my job, guys. Good luck killing the wings. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> and and what are your uh, both of you? Um, what are your thoughts on um, the the getting into the habit of these grandiose bosses that are fucking fat as hell and take up the entire the entire arena? Listen, just fix your tab targeting and I'll be fine. But if I target the heart and I press tab to get back to Shinryu and it doesn't go, I'm going to lose yeah, my mind. Can't the center of his model. Yeah, yeah. I, I have the same problem. Yeah, I mean, it's nice having these sort of really big scale fights, but you do kind of lose a lot in the peripherals. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that a way to mitigate that maybe would be to let us kind of zoom the camera out a little bit further still. Yeah. That'd be nice. I know it's a feature that some people have been requesting for a while, and I understand why they haven't done it, but at the same time, if they're going to keep doing stuff like this, particularly for Melee, like, it's such a pain in the ass. Dude, I don't even know what Shinryu looks like. I just looked in the back of the room the whole time, because I was like, listen, yeah. everyone else, <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone else is fucking up icicles. I'm not going to. I'm just, hey, Shinryu, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> okay, there it is. Got it. Okay. Uh, Alright, so we, we briefly covered Ethis's and our, I guess, our week, at post-week one thoughts of 4.1, mm -hmm. but we, everyone's here for spoiler cast. Because, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I said, this was one of my favorites that we've mm -hmm. ever had, period. Like, it was incredible. So let's start from the top. So, the story just starts as a fun-loving adventure. Starts <laughs> that way. Hey, you want adventure, right? I'm lying. We actually have a purpose behind this. So yeah, Arnvold's not a very good liar. No, not at all. Um, can we can we talk a little bit about Arnvold actually? Because I I noticed when I was doing it, a lot of people were like, "Hey, who is this guy? I've never seen this guy before. What's going on here?" Um, mm -hmm. Arnvold is someone that has been around since the beginning of A Realm Reborn. Um, I'm not sure if he was in one point. I don't think he was. But uh, he was one of the only survivors of the raid on the Waking Sands during 2.0. Uh, he has the Echo, he's half Garland. He's been around for ages, we just haven't engaged with him very much, like, in, in a sort of main scenario capacity. Um, Which is why I thought it was impressive that they... I feels like they made everyone love him very quickly. Because a lot of people mm -hmm. don't remember him, but a lot of people mm -hmm. grew to immediately want more of him mm -hmm. through this mm -hmm. patch alone. I remember when I first saw him, I was like, 
Google.com <laughs> Aaronvault. Oh, okay, that's who it was. I didn't remember who he was. But that's how it starts. He wants you to go on an adventure to find a treasure of the Mad King, the last Mad King there was of Alamigo. And then you find out all this backstory and history about what the previous king of Alamigo was doing. And it gives you scope, if you didn't know who he was already, of what his evils were. And there's a lot more information I felt crammed into that than we really get in terms of setting up why what's about to happen is so important in a point one patch. What about you, Sly? I was well, I was slightly confused because I, I didn't. I know a little bit about the Mad King, but not too much. And going, going into Scala, I thought there would be a lot more to offer. When it was just the family of that's it. Um, slightly dis well, well, I was slightly dis disappointed in Scala in that regard, in terms of the lore regard. Um, Scala was still a fun dungeon, don't get mm -hmm. me wrong, but I kind of wish there were there were more tidbits to be had. I mean, visually, I think visually, if you are Ethis, you probably could see a few tidbits. I couldn't pick them up. Um, and I, that's where I wanted to go into today was the tidbits of info you could get while you were in scholar well because there's no there's no context for the dungeon so we've never seen anything of scholar mm -hmm. before it's a little bit more difficult than going into like an ambipori dungeon um and being able to like join dots to like other things that we know about ambipore that people may have mentioned in dialogue or we may have seen in other dungeons or we may see uh sort of reminiscent of stuff that is around Gridania, Scala, mm -hmm. we don't really have that because it's the first we've we've heard about it. Obviously, when we dive into uh, Lockseld um, in 4.0, we're sort of wondering, mm -hmm. what are these ruins down here? Is this, you know, is this part of uh, Alamigo? Is this something else? I was wondering that. I know we were all sort of discussing that and it was good to have closure on that. But other than that, all I really noticed was that it seems that um, uh, Alamigo has taken a lot of like architectural sort of tips and themes from Scala and that either they or the monks of the Fist of Rauga have probably encountered Scala ruins before and it's not like something mm -hmm. that no one has known anything about. It just, we just haven't heard anything about it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was so I, I agree with you on a point that there wasn't like a whole bunch of lore down there um, but what was down there was really interesting yeah I mean you kind of got again the scope of of, uh, of the previous king of why why he was so hated by the people of, of what happened to him towards the end of his term before the Garleans occupied Alamigo and mm -hmm. what, what, what he was doing why don't mm -hmm. they want another king why are people mm -hmm. not okay with that? Because it's not like that was a century yes. ago. That's a very mm -hmm. recent thing, all of that. Yes. Yeah, he, he only died 20 years ago. Um, so you, you're right that that is like an very, a very, very important kind of context to, to set. And for those who haven't like dived into the history of Alamigo, we, we hadn't really seen anything of him. Like in 4.0, he wasn't really mentioned very much. Mm -hmm. uh, we would have no context for why they're so against uh, 
a monarchy, like you say. So that is really important. Um, we also seem to get a little bit of an implication, I think, of some ASEAN involvement at his shoulder there. Yeah. Um, given that what he's done to to his subjects down there is something very much like the uh, the traitor's spurn or like the Nimian plague. It's a very kind of void sand sort of. You know, it's it's not something that he would have come up with by himself. Absolutely not. And you know what? It's probably the Asians driving him mad, and the, like they're probably the ones driving him to the point where he thinks mm -hmm. everyone's against him. He becomes he pretty much solely relies on them to mm -hmm. guide him to what he needs to do to be a strong king. So you think there was some good in um, the man? If there was, the, was, the Asians completely snuffed it out. If there was, okay. Okay. Like he was probably always not a great guy, and they saw that. Mm -hmm. And their goal mm -hmm. was to basically drive him to that point. They're probably responsible for the Autumn War, to be honest. I wouldn't even be surprised if they pushed old Alamigo into that yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. There's I mean, reasons for that to have happened without them, just based yeah. on culture in Alamigo. Yeah. But any major decision that leads to a clash in the realm, I always like to imagine it's attributed back to some sort of Asian influence. Yeah, they definitely kind of push things over the edge. Like, if they disliked each other, that's one thing. But if they actually start a war, I'd like to believe that they were involved in some yeah, way. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of just how it starts, is Arnvold wants to right. go down to Scala to get the treasures there to help alleviate the uh, economic issue of Alamigo. Because another thing that people may have forgotten is Alamigo was having massive issues with economics as soon as the ports of uh, Limsa Lominsa started taking away a lot of their trade routes. Yeah, pretty much. which yeah. was actually, like, ultimately the cause of the Autumn War, was basically they, they controlled these land routes through to the east. Um, it was actually Uldar that started... Ah, Uldar, my bad. Yeah, Uldar commissioned Limsa Lominsa to build a fleet so that they could trade with the east over the sea, so they stopped using the land routes, so the Alamegans stopped being able to basically impose tariffs, um, and they fell into, you know, disrepair and poverty. Um, yeah, so, so you're right that, like, even even before the Galean occupation, like, Alamega was not in a real good way economically. And I think that that's what, this is what, like, even just this first little bit of Arnvald's adventure, it's, me, I know all this stuff already, the background, whether it be through you, Ethis, or through the lore book that sits down there, or both, because you've read more of it than I have. That's a fact. How many times have you read through it? I've got like three copies of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but this was very world enriching for what a main scenario patch usually brings, was mm -hmm. my main thing. Um, yes. And so we do this. We go into Scala. Alpha No helps. We talk to a bunch of people to learn other people who actually knew. It's It's... They had, it's Theodric, right? Because I, I was Theodric. I was doing the monk. I was I was looking at all the monk lore over the weekend, so Theodred kept popping up into my head, mm -hmm. which something I still now, want to explore on. Now, in that regard, who is Roderick Poison? Um, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Like, I I don't think we have his story, but. Looking at his name, I immediately assume that he was a kind of worm tongue sort of character. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't know. I'd say any relation, or something. any relation to uh, Theodric? Uh, possibly. Probably one of it. I, I'd have to guess he was probably his lead advisor before whatever drove okay. him mad 
and then he probably yeah, like started. Yeah. Yeah. He probably started assuming that he was actually trying to, you know, push it. And it's possible that he was that it was Poison Tongue who was working with the Asians, or he was the one trying to use the Asians to advise them, and then the Asians went directly to the source. Oh, hang on, here we go. So someone's actually said in chat that Roderick's info is on his card. Ah, good information. I haven't seen his card yet, but apparently his card says he's fifth in line. Uh, for the throne, so thank you very much for that, Platinum K. See, this is thank the you. this is the value of 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 what Ooh. is a card meaning triple triad. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't. I never read the lore on those things. So. <laughs> I do when I actually get them. <laughs> I got. Me, I got to read all through all my cards. I don't know what any of. I don't know what a single triple triad card says in terms of history. Okay, yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking we're gonna get some shit thrown in from um on Air Zivia on them. Triple triad cards now. I got a text for you. I'll read it for you. Cousin okay. to Theodric, the last king of Alamigo, is his cousin. The noble-born Roderick was fifth in line to the throne. Compelled by an unwavering sense of justice, he made frequent attempts to counsel and calm the volatile monarch. That such efforts were construed as an act of treason. Sentenced for his crime, Roderick suffered a terrible punishment, cursed to forever inhabit the form of a monstrous beast. There you go. Mm hmm. So Poison Tongue was evidently a moniker that um, uh, the Theodric yeah. gave him, I dare say. Yeah, I don't think your I don't think your family name is Poison Tongue, and you actually remain part of the family for very long. Well, I mean, it could be a sort of bit of nominative determinism. You know, you get called Poison Tongue, and you turn out like that. You spit hot fire. Fire. Yeah, there you go. He's a rapper. Little did you know. <laughs> <laughs> Alamegan rapper talking about hardships of, of trade routes. There you go. Don't shake your head, Sly. It could happen. Sure. We've seen worse. Listen, Koji wrote Rise. Just remember that. So don't be surprised if he wrote Roger. If he wrote Roger's raps. <laughs> yeah. Just remember that. Okay. So we wrap up that little adventure. And other than the more specific details about Alamigo's past, uh, that part goes along and that feels very on on par for what I'd expect from a point one patch. But the thing is, I would have expected that from the entire point one patch, to be honest, with like a tiny bit at the end. Whereas that mm -hmm. was really just about... That was, just chapter one. That was yeah. kind of just chapter one of 4.1's overarching theme. Because then mm -hmm. we move into the more important theme, and that is Alamigo has no government. The number one thing we, we pretty much knew before we even saw the trailer, this was going to be the first thing we kind of have to address. There's mm -hmm. no there's no leadership there. And we've also been reminded that Lise in no way knows how to do anything. <laughs> she's learning slowly. She's yeah, she's learning slowly. on a job. She's very self-conscious about her lack of experience, though. Mm -hmm. To the point where it's a bit of a detriment to her. And so that's where well, we move forward. Oh, so what do you got? Well, I don't think it's it's that. I think it's well that and then she sees she sees um Bond's leadership ability um firsthand and she kind of realizes that she pales in comparison to someone like Bond. So I think she kind of got a little discouraged she's always kind of been that. this way with the scions though she's always just kind of seen herself as like this I can't do anything kind of first didn't help that Papalemo said are you dumb like every two seconds <laughs> I I don't know about that I don't I don't think it's so much of that as she realizes that um, this isn't a job for like any one person, and that's the problem. She only knows how to act as herself. She only knows how to be herself. She doesn't know how to run a government, mm -hmm. pretty much. 
So now she's she's already setting that up. She learns of why we wanted the treasure. She's ecstatic about that. But we immediately go into people finding out Fordola's alive. And they're not happy. <laughs> the word bitch has never been said so much in Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, they dropped that so many times. So easily. That bitch. bitch. Kill the bitch. Bleed the bitch. Over and over. I'm just like, all right. We, I like, you guys are passionate about this, I see. Mm-hmm. So she's really a bitch. Okay. Yeah. And they only heard rumors. And then Lee said, oh, they found out. And she, they're like, so she is alive. Fuck. Lise. You literally just pulled a Ryuji here for Persona fans. There you go. Um, so what? Do, so then Rob Wan steps in and says, "Guys, stop!" <laughs> and basically gives him a little motivational speech. Mm-hmm. So how do we? He basically says that he wants to kill her too, but that they still need her. Mm-hmm. She should yeah. be facing trial, and we need to prove we're better than the Garlands. Whatnot. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. We're not savages. We don't want. We don't want them to be right above all. Well... Else. Fordola's echo flashback says otherwise. Yeah, well, at that point, you know, your people are are kind of are kind of low, already <laughs> defeated. So what did what did we think of her flashback in terms of like building a little bit of sympathy for Fordola? I mean, it garnered a little bit Mayan. I, I kind of understand. I, I kind of understand where she where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. I kind of understand the reasons uh, she she took the action she did. Mm-hmm. Um. Yet and still, kind of on the extreme side, of what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gives me a little bit of time. Now, to to put in context for people, basically, for Dollar's parents were nobles that uh, collaborated with the Galeans. Um, and it's going to be a little bit more complicated than that in terms of context is that if they're nobles that survived Theodric, it means mm-hmm. that they're also nobles that collaborated with him and probably with the Corpse Brigade. So they wouldn't have been particularly popular uh, even before the Galean occupation. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, we get this idea that Fordola's idea of, you know, this is the only way that Alamigo can survive is by proving itself as uh, you know, useful, upstanding citizens of the empire. Um, that's what he was all about. But what I really took away from this is that Fordola never really believed what she was spouting at us. She's saying, we need to prove that the Alamegans aren't animals. And yet you can see that behind all of this, she clearly believes that they are animals yeah. and that she is an animal and her her uh, her influence her her motivation is is sort of almost purely nihilistic and she's basically just trying to prove herself wrong um which is very interesting and makes her mm-hmm. i mean i've been saying since since 4.0 like she's probably the most interesting character uh in the game at the moment and this really kind of solidified it for me and uh she has a heart we eventually learn as much as she yeah. sees herself as an animal, a lot of it is also a lack of acceptance. She mm-hmm. she was never accepted. She doesn't accept herself. Nothing. She's never she never experienced it before or after her uh, her father was killed. Because one thing we left out about her parents being nobles, her mother survived, but her father was literally had a full stone thrown directly in his face, the side mm-hmm. of his temple, and he was killed. 
defending Fordola from mm -hmm. other Alamegans while Imperials watched and did nothing. Mm -hmm. And that pretty much shaped her character for the rest of her life. Because her mother pleaded her not to join the military, and she had to. She's like, there's no way I can't do this. Like, I have to. This is the only way. That's what father believed. You have to work with them to survive. Mm -hmm. And that, that was his dying words. One day they'll mm -hmm. understand. Well, I, I don't think it was so much that her mother was desperate that she wouldn't join the military so much as she was desperate that she wasn't going to make this faction that was specifically formed to uh, keep other Alamegans under the thumb. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, whole, the whole purpose of the Skulls were that they were Alamegan citizens policing Alamegan citizens. As opposed to Garlands policing yeah. Alamegan citizens. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out. By the time we, uh, re we reoccupied, it didn't work out all too well. All too well. Yeah. But we start getting a better scope of her character and what her Echo is actually capable of as well. Mm -hmm. She actually, mm -hmm. in an instant, pretty much sees all of the Warrior of Light's accomplishments mm -hmm. and can't comprehend them immediately. Mm -hmm. Well, what she sees is uh, she's she's a very like self pitying character yeah. to this mm -hmm. point, and she thinks that what she has been through is absolutely terrible and it would ruin anyone, and that she's basically justified in this monster that she's become. And then she sees us, and she sees all the suffering that we've been through, and the fact that we're still like standing up straight. She's like, how, how is do that? You Possible. How do you deal with it? Yeah. 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 She saw Hoshfont's grave too, and she's like, I don't know how you did that. I don't yeah. Know how I... Yeah. Um, so basically, she's got an exact replication of Kral's echo, and Kral is sort of uh, renowned for having basically the most intense um, iteration of uh, being able to sort of connect with people. She pretty much, mm -hmm. if she's in the vicinity of anyone, she will experience yeah, constantly getting these these flashbacks yeah um and alfie and i made the really interesting point that just a single flashback with um uh Yazale completely changed the nature of her character like she did a complete 180 um after that encounter and for dollar has been getting these just constantly the whole time she's been locked up um, so I think it's quite compelling in terms of, uh, you know, having a character evolve quite dramatically over quite a short time. Now I was saying mm -hmm. beforehand that it was going to go one of two ways, basically depending on who got to her first, that either we were going to get to her first and she was going to be like, oh wow, redemption arc. oh, this is incredible, look at this warrior of light, has been through all this suffering and is still, you know, a champion, or else Elidibus was going to get to her first and, you know, we knew how that was going to i'm not ruling out that i don't i don't oh, think just no, because no, no. i don't think yeah. just because she's done i still think that that's still well on the table of something that is possible. yeah definitely definitely and i think for that to happen now would sort of give it perhaps more impact um given that she's kind of making some steps towards this uh redemption arc but we got to her first and that's great and if that's the way that it goes then that's quite compelling and I'm, I'm i'm happy with that i reckon she's a fascinating character how are you enjoying this so far sly is for is for dola your new bay or are you sticking no 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 god no mm -hmm. 
Even yeah, though you don't like a tough one. Though, really? Are we, gonna go, are, are we going to go that route? <laughs> <laughs> even though, even though Yatsuyu is alive and she's kind of a shadow of her former self. Oh, I can't um, wait to talk about that. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, uh, Yatsuyu's still big. She's still big, okay. even though she's not. She's trying to be more waifu than Bay right now, though, which we'll yeah. talk about in a little bit. Yeah. That's what she's trying to be at the very least. It's Stockholm Syndrome. It's Stockholm Syndrome. The semantics of it. Um, so yeah, so Fordola is pretty much against... She, she wants death. That's all she wants. She thinks that's her only mm -hmm. redemption. Or that mm -hmm. that's all that's left for her. There's nothing there's no other point. She can't be changed. She made up her mind. All that stuff. And we won't let we won't let her have it. But while that's going on, we're also dealing with Nanamo struggles. So we got a lot of strings being pulled, and they're all pulling in the And this was so good as this well. This was actually fantastic. I thought I thought not I call it Nanamo's Grand Adventure. Mm -hmm. Was That's why I hated it. Really? That's why I liked it. I, I, when we do like little tours like this, little tours like this, like we did for, um, I guess Astinian back in mm -hmm. Heaven's Ward when we took the took the victory lap, this basically mm -hmm. felt like a mini victory lap, and it was it was just a a recollection of um, Rabon's past, basically. yeah, yeah, and it, it it gave it gave some good insight, but. I just never like things like this. I never like little mini tours. Where we just go talk to NPCs and they just tell us a bunch of things and then that's it. As mm. opposed to like something... Well, it, I felt it was almost a necessary sacrifice to get to the point where something did happen. Because yes. as much as all of these strings feel... What I loved about this patch is it sounds like we we're talking about three completely different events so far, but they're all central mm. to one conclusion at mm -hmm. the end of this patch. And this is the first time I feel like a patch had a conclusion, conclusion. that wasn't yeah, an I'll end of an expansion pack. Um, so that's why I liked Nanamo's adventure. She wanted to try and figure out what she could do to get Rabon to be honest to her, that he wants to go to Alamigo, even though he has sworn this debt to Nanamo after she uh, she made him a member of the Once he became one of the sixth richest and became a member of the syndicate, mm -hmm. and he swore his sword to her. I kind of feel like the end-all solution in terms of uh, what she, in terms of the means she had to go through to um, to kind of um, balance the the government and in Ulda and balance everything with the refugees. I kind of feel like it was forced a little bit, even though she knew she all. I've, and I kind of feel like she already knew what she had to do, but she was just trying to look for other reasons to not do it. Like she she knew she would inevitably inevitably had to go talk to Lola Rita. And she I'm not sure she just, did. I think she you did. Think I, so? I think she I she, think she, did. she knew it was like one of her best options, but she also knew it was probably her absolute worst, worst I think, option. I think and this she little, was just avoiding it. I think this little chapter was really good because uh if we didn't start in Uldar, I don't think we've ever encountered Lilira otherwise in the main scenario quest, which is yeah. her uh, alter ego, her sort mm -hmm. of Princess Jasmine thing that she likes to do. Yeah. Um, uh, and we would not really have been exposed to very much of her character and her character progression. 
So I think that even though it can be a little bit tedious, sort of, oh, now come here and meet me here so I can reminisce over here about this thing. Um, it was something that was important to kind of uh, bring people up to speed on her character that might not have been otherwise. Her character was one-dimensional until that series of events, pretty much. Well, it wasn't one-dimensional, but it, it was definitely like there, there was only one dimension sort of put forward in the main scenario quest. Like if you hadn't gone digging, she would have seemed very one-dimensional. Right. Um, we did actually learn a couple of things from that. One is that she saved Rabon's life. Um, the, the syndicate had arranged for him to die um, by facing incredibly unreasonable odds in a match that she basically rescinded and subsequently saved his life. Um, and didn't we learn this in the in the? I'm sorry. Didn't we learn this in the journal entry? Not the journal entry, but the um, the tales from from the storm. No, I don't think so. I know now that uh, you mentioned. I don't remember. Pardoned him. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But not about the match that was set up to kill him. Not, yeah, but okay. not about this specific instance. We also learned quite unambiguously that her parents were murdered by the syndicate. That they basically arranged to have them knocked off while she was very, very young, so that they would have this sort of easily controllable puppet. Um, mm -hmm. And that kind of creates the context for the fact that she's been struggling with this her whole life, um, which is interesting. And the Raubon was her one way out of it, basically, and her one way of, of sort of gaining some sort of independence. Um, and that she knows that, and he knows that, and she needs to find a way to show him that she's not like a child anymore and she can stand on her own two feet. Um, so I, I, I thought this was really great. I know a lot of people absolutely love Nanamo's character as well, and they would have been really really stoked by this i totally get you not being down for follow me here i was i it was tedious to do but the cutscenes in between were were worth it for me it's kind of like for me ramu 2.3 is for me the most tedious of all the main scenario patches but ramu's character at least was one of my favorites throughout the 2.x series so i was like all right at least i'll remember that and this wasn't nearly as tedious as Ramu's quest with the fake scions no, no, no. and all that shit. Mm -hmm. No, uh, we we learned some interesting things on on every step. What did what did we think of uh, of Godbert's appearance? I'm, I thank God they finally acknowledged that he's a member. Like he, you know, he's a member of the Syndicate from Hildebrand's quests, mm -hmm. but they've never once had him in anything main scenario related. Every time they get the Syndicate together, his seat's always yeah, he empty. Never, he never bothers to show up. Yeah. yeah. So does this make Godbert canon now? Finally. Yeah, Godbert's been canon. He's like he is one of the six members. There's always, if there's ever been Syndicate members together, there's only ever been five of them, and it's we just know never that. Felt yeah. Good. No, and it's just that we now that the syndicate's the sixth richest, the six richest people. As soon as you, mm -hmm. as soon as you go past one of those six people, you are now one mm -hmm. of the sixth richest, and you have say in the government in Ulda, pretty much. Just no one can really pass them, and he's just always been. I've, listen, if a hand is five fingers, he's the other hand, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So it's just that, and we've never gotten a lot of interaction with Godbert outside of um, Hildebrand itself. And oh, other he's than never some oil on him, at yeah. like thirty-four or whatever it was. He, he's all—he's always felt like a comical. He's always felt like this comical afterthought, and now yeah. we we see him in more of a in his his syndicate proper role. We see him in yeah, more of a serious role. On. 
Yeah. It was strange. It was it was really strange. Yeah. It was weird to hear hear him literally say, Nanamo, you're just wrong about everything. <laughs> <laughs> like every other syndicate member would normally say. She didn't think he was like every other syndicate member. And then yeah. he right. all he did was say, You're wrong. You need to think about prosperity. That's why no one respects you. So mm-hmm. You can do something, but it needs to benefit Ulda as well. Mm-hmm. He's a money grubbing master. He's the good kind of money grubbing master too. Yeah, he 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 sees he sees what Nanamo's trying to do, but at the same time, there has to be profit. He's he's always business like. He, he he doesn't have the gold saucer for no reason. He's always mm-hmm. going to think about profit. Mm-hmm. That's why he's some of what. It's weird that he's one of the richest people and the gold saucer, and the gold saucer has no gill exchange whatsoever. <laughs> we have to assume that the NPCs can use gill to get MGP. I and think that's, the gill exchange right. implied. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that, and for NPCs' sake, the gill, and also for drinks and food and mm-hmm. and what and yeah. other entertainment, whatever you do there. I'm assuming they also have people watch the chocobo races and everything mm-hmm. and all yeah. that. Um. So, oh, by the way, they left them unvoiced. Thank God. They were like, this has to be an unvoiced cutscene. We cannot start voicing him in one place and not voicing him in another. No, that would be interesting. And at the end of it all comes Nanamo's ultimate confrontation with Lolo Rito of all people. I loved that she was wearing the mask coming into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, alright, I get it. He's I like, never... Okay. <laughs> All right, this is what I look like, guys. I get it. That was really good. Yeah, his eyes are frightening. He's got those eyes that are like gradient, where mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. it's creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. So he looks like a douchebag fin- without the mask too. By the way, <laughs> she's finally realized that you can't go over his head. That if you want to get something done, it has to go by Lolorito, and you need to find a way to be able to. Uh, you know, find some common ground with him. So, after this interaction with Lolorito, um, mm-hmm. well, before the interaction with Lolorito, what were your thoughts in terms of Lolorito? Because I always, I couldn't pin, I couldn't pin what exactly Lolorito is, but I kind of see a little so I'll say neutral. Neutral, maybe. If it He's, wasn't for Lolorito's uh, negotiations with Garlemald, mm-hmm. we probably would have been at war with them a long time ago. Yeah, we went, that's right. We did go to, we also went to Kugane just to say, hey, Hancock, we want you. And he's like, you really don't. <laughs> you probably just want the guy who, yeah. who's my boss. Um, Lolorito wants sort of stability and security for the realm for his own, uh, you know, business advantage. But subsequently, he is, he's, he's like, he's great. He's saved our ass a lot of times. <laughs> he just hasn't done it out of pure, um, uh, he doesn't good. care about us. Good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been more of his own self personal benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can he make money? Why does money? he seem such, so like a, such like a dick, though? Because he is like, a dick. Like, there's good, like, there's good in his self-interest, and it coincides with our interest. Mm-hmm. But why does he always seem like a dick? Because he is a dick. Because he doesn't care about us. We're just 
he goes, wow, that situation really sucks for them. But if I do something, I can make money out of it. Mm -hmm. Now, someone in the chat says lawful evil. I was going to go. No, he's not. Absolutely not. I was going to go a bit chaotic neutral. No. I don't, I don't so think, he's I don't a Lalafell. And, and I don't think he's evil either. He's he's on the side of um, stability. And the thing is that ultimately Final Fantasy XIV, when it when it you know you pull back to the macro perspective, it's order versus chaos. It's mm -hmm. the Asians versus everything that's not the Asians. And Lolorito just happens to be the complete opposite of an Asian. So whatever you think about him, he's he's good for, you know, the world not falling apart. I would kill to see an interaction between him and the Asian. As would I now that I think about it. That would be amazing. Yeah. Because all of like a sudden how... he starts to sound like a fucking hero when he's talking to the Asian. Yeah. <laughs> like what 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 benefit could he get from an Asian? And what could they get from him? He could develop no, trade routes to the other shards. I don't know. He's. I think he. If he ever met an Asian, he's smart enough to know what their end game is and the, mm -hmm. what they're offering him in the short term. As they as they do, they they offer people something in the short term, and in the long term, you get a cataclysmic fucking war or something. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I yeah, I think well, he. I think he can see far enough into the future to yeah, not he can see the big picture, and that's the difference. Yeah, Lolorito's long game. Every other character. Including the late uh, Telegi Adelegi, who just wanted what he wanted right then and there. And Lorito's yeah. like, that's going to yeah. fuck and up everything. And including the leaders of every other one of the, the city states, honestly. I loved I loved the conversation where if you don't eventually say the psaltery, you're like, the psaltery, and I think that you want funny. me to say the psaltery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Reddit post for that was great, where it's like, Square Enix knows exactly how to provide choice for our characters. <laughs> Did they know what they were doing when they moved us towards making a salt mine and Lollarito literally being a salt miner? Yeah. You know, I want to know something really... This patch was full of a lot of great irony because for those who may not know, for the first two, maybe three days, Raubon wouldn't appear in cities so people couldn't progress their main scenario quests because of him again. <laughs> <laughs> on top of that a lot of the story has to do with the saltery and lolorito and it all uh it all really comes together in a in a sort of a beautiful irony <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it was really good uh yeah so we're we're salt miners yeah so lolorito and nanamo eventually work out that Ulda could help the Alamegan refugees set up a salt mine so that they could actually have some sort of economic growth or they would have a trade that was exclusive to them and they were basically sitting on one of the most, even in, on Earth, and you don't even have to think about how worth it is in Eorzea, salt is one of the most versatile minerals on Earth and you can only imagine that that applies even in a fantasy world and they're sitting on literally a fortune. And all that Nanamo had to realize was that well, that just has to get a part, a part of the profits, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Lolorito's like, fuck yeah, I'm down with that. That's free money right there. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so he and Alphino are hammering out a contract right now. I gotta ask you, though, is there a reason why Alamigo never thought to... I mean, obviously the Psaltery exists, and that was one... That was, yeah, they did. They had it. 
but mm. they it clearly wasn't enough for them before with the trade when the trade routes went down. I well, I think it was more that when the trade routes went down, they just weren't on like particularly good terms with the other city states. That there wasn't mm. much trade happening between them. Mm. Yeah, well, all the same, that's gonna be that's gonna be their thing. That's gonna be the thing that they're known for above anything else is salt. <laughs> I really hope this doesn't become like that this the saltery and salt and light salt and light being A3 Savage Living Liquid and It's an ongoing meme. How much longer do we put up do we have to put up with salt being rubbed in our wounds in the most literal of terms? I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I love it. So we're going to rebuild the Saltery. Do you think that they actually rebuild the Saltery in the locks at any point, given, like, uh, we haven't had a Mordona or Idleshire style, uh, style over growth? time. Over time. We, we have, apparently, the Diamond Enclave has grown a little bit. Tiny bit. Tiny bit. Yeah, just a little tiny bit. But we, we didn't see anything, like, in the Alamegan Quarter. Uh, we didn't really see anything in... Um, Raga's reach, so I don't know. I hope, me, I hope a part of me really wishes the Alamegan Quarter was where our currencies were. Like, yeah, me too. Me too. Like mm -hmm. I wish that was our Mordona, was not and not Raga's reach. It's kind of weird, but Raga's reach is. I get it. It's it's yeah. lower teleport cost too. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is weird though. Like Raga's reach is so far away from the city and the border, and it's not in a good position. Anyway, that's what it is. We can just put it down to Lace being stupid again. Yeah, I guess that seems fair, right? <laughs> so now we these are so we've tackled all the following problems. Nanamo has tr learned of a little bit of how she's going to get Robon to commit to Alamigo. Mm -hmm. She's helped figure out one of Ulda's biggest problems since Alamigan occupation, which was the. Uh, which was the refugees and what to do with them instead of just charity. She's figured mm -hmm. out how to grow as her own character. We found a shit ton of money in terms of valuables under Alamigo to give to Alamigo mm -hmm. for economic growth. And now what we have left is figuring out how Alamigo will actually be governed. And Lise thinks it would be a great idea to get all of the factions involved, including the Kikerns and the yeah. Ananta. Which, on paper, is a great idea, holding a big yes. summit and all that. Um, I just, so the thing that really, really frustrated me here, like, I think it was mm -hmm. good sort of story point, that fight with Lakshmi was great, that betrayal was great, even though, you know, we could see it coming from a mile away. But you still made the point afterwards that it is so easy to identify people that have been tempered um, by using uh, their therameters. Uh, um, which incidentally is something that your stole can do with the naked eye now. Why did they not set up some security system where they checked people coming in? Why was there no why was there no metal detector effectively? It's, it's so stupid. Because the guards in charge of the security were already in on it. Yeah, but they they didn't have any uh Etherometers or, or anything like that on hand. No government, no coordination. Like like they don't they're not smart enough yet, they haven't come together. And Lise is too trusting. We know that. We know Lise trusts people way too much. Like she was 
she was practically willing to trust like members of the Griffins like organization originally. She's like, oh, we know we gotta we gotta make sure we helped him. And 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 Papa Limo's like, yo, you need to like remember why we're here. You can't just yeah. be like, yeah, he's trying to do a good thing. Yeah, they had two sides. So I just I, I don't know. I think it was it was pretty bad that they managed to slip through. But how early did you think the tempering happened for the uh, guards? Uh, had to be a while ago. Yeah, it, so, it would have would have been a while ago. Okay, because I, I was going to think there was like earlier involvement from the Ananta from like way well before any of this even happened. Like it's still to be determined. Yeah, I mean they they would have had basically it would have had to have been Alamegan resistance fighters that had had contact with the Ananta beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then subsequently become guards, and subsequently been rostered on for this, and that there were just so many. Uh, anyway, I, I I don't think it's worth something. I don't think it's worth like delving into too deeply because there's so many holes in it. We just have to accept that that's that's how it happened. Yeah. And let's and let's be honest. Ultimately, that happening is only important for a single reason: that meeting coming mm-hmm. together and Lakshmi being summoned yeah, by the Fordola's character for Fordola ultimately. Yeah. Lise goes and says, "You have a. Ch- I gave you a choice. You can fight with us. You could be with us or against us, pretty much." And Fordola, in that moment, said, "Well, I have something. I can do something good for Alamigo for once, mm-hmm. pretty much." And took up a sword and used the echo to help defeat Lakshmi and mm-hmm. save people from being tempered. Because well, this is very personal as well, because Fordola was responsible for the original summoning of Lakshmi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She killed the the daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she fucked up, um, and it's the only thing that she's sort of really readily conceded so far that she fucked up. Um, yeah, I'm only go so far though because they can just keep doing it over and over again. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But basically, it's a first step in her kind of taking responsibility for for her mistakes and her actions. Um, it's the first step towards the, the sort of sympathy that is being forced on her by the Echo, something that she's kind of like actually integrating into her character. Do you really see it as sympathy, though? Because she, yeah, that's, she knows that's what the Echo does. The, the Echo forces you to sympathize with people, it forces you to experience people's past experiences. That's That's literally what sympathy is it's being able to connect with other people and what they experience it's but the most Dola, that's what the echo Dola as as someone who would connect i mean she has an understanding of what she does she she knows mm-hmm. one she's not going to be forgiven and they mm-hmm. even say it say it i i won't forgive you i thank you but mm-hmm. i'll I, I will never forgive you she yeah. knows the the reaction that she's going to get when she involves herself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah she understands that like intellectually but again she's forced to like literally experience what the people are experiencing and feel what they feel mm-hmm. um, and I think that yeah again it's something that is slowly starting to like seep into her personality rather than something that she, she sort of concedes mm-hmm. I'm I'm liking where she's going her, her redemption are arc could have been completely boring and it's yet to be her the first real yeah. introduction of it yeah they could have they could have absolutely they could have boxed it up um 
but so far it looks really good. And uh, that's, I mean, that's ultimately how she just immediately goes back to herself. She doesn't take that as like leverage to, you know, you know, I helped you, so whatever. She's, she's, she doesn't want or need any of that. She's like, all right, now take right. me back to myself before my trial. Pretty mm -hmm. much, I did, I did my duty, and that's it. She even sheds a tear when she gets thanked, because mm -hmm. that's she's never had that exact that, emotion. That that it's exact emotion is new to her. And she also has literally in that moment seen that guy's past and know what he overcame mm -hmm. to thank her in that moment. Mm -hmm. So that's something you're always going to have to be conscious of with Fordola is any interaction she has with a person, she is so sensitive and has lack of control over her gift that she's, that's been forced on her at this point. She mm -hmm. is going to feel something different than you might feel seeing that scene. Yeah, she can't turn it off. Yeah. And I think that's going to be an incredible element to her character going forward. Mm -hmm. So with that, we have one final thing. Raubon this whole time has been musing over his decision, saying he knows he's going back to Ulda, but you know he's going to miss his homeland. He just keeps saying, I know I'll miss it, and I know there's a part of me that... But I made a promise. Anonimo is just like, you idiot. You're out. The you're syndicate, fired. You're fired. fired. That's it. <laughs> so what I want to know is, how could... <laughs> If he gets kicked off the syndicate, right? What happens? Do they do they take they, all his money? They would have no. So what I imagine is, he's being removed. Like if the syndicate, I'm assuming with six members, makes a decision to remove someone. And let's be honest, the syndicate will remove Raubon in a fucking heartbeat. Oh yeah, opportunity. Yeah. She probably didn't even ask them. She probably just said, "Yeah, I'm gonna go get rid of him." And they're like, "Fuck yeah, about time!" Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Um. So they need to fill the sixth seat is the first thing they're probably get there whoever is the sixth richest person now is probably going to take that up and we know pippin is taking over the immortal flames but he's unless Ralph Vaughn mm -hmm. wants to give pippin all his money and make pippin a member of the syndicate i wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens that's kind of where i was thinking it was going to go i mean um, it I makes sense it's apprehensive about the idea of Ralbon leaving the syndicate and leaving all the uh, basically, until they made it clear that like Pippin was replacing him, I was like, "All right, sweet, we get to see more Pippin. Pippin's a great character. I'm, I'm into that." And Pippin is an all done, unlike Raubon. He yeah. was born and bred. Um, so I think that's going to be interesting. Yeah, because he's taking his place as the Immortal Flames, but that doesn't automatically just you don't. No, the Syndicate's not just going to put you on the Syndicate because the old Syndicate person said, "Okay, that guy's taking my place." Mm -hmm. Unless know, he gives him all his money. If he gives him all yeah, his money, then he's automatically. I think he. That's what I I'm think. saying. So th that's the thing most is, likely. like that would literally be taking out one sixth of Ulda's capital. Yeah, just like, that's an Almega now. It's like that that I took nah that that'd be <laughs> Chat's like and this is this is setting up the romance arc between Pippin and Nanamo. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Uh yeah. Um one thing we did miss, uh while we were talking about all this was the fact that Laurentius and you Yeah, are I was gonna come back to that after we were we were done with that. And um what's interesting here is that everyone's like well, Ravon is like, all right, we, you know, oh no, we gotta, we gotta spare four dollar. We've gotta do that properly. But when it comes to Laurentius in New House, they were like, no, fucking execute him, get him, make him bleed. Yeah, he's like, when if you, because I did the give them a fair trial option. He's like, mm -hmm. really? He's like, what? Yeah, he wants <laughs> to execute him, and I'm like, dude, at least be consistent. Are you kidding me? 
Oh yeah, it's still the, a good point. They're actually. I just remembered. Yeah, they after they lost to Leji, they never replaced him on the syndicate either. No. Um. And uh, Rowena. Rowena's not a citizen. Mm. Rowena. Well, well, she well, has, no, she's she has syndic- capital. But we've had like a lot of implications that Rowena might be stepping up. What I've been saying is that maybe she's not because Nanamo wants to reform the government and the syndicate might not exist yeah. in another couple of patches. They might have some sort of uh, Republican system where, you know, the current syndicate members are just like given, you know, seats in a Senate or whatever. Listen, Do we I- really think that Nanamo has the power to kind of liquidate the syndicate? Um, so long as Lollarito gets uh, a, a, a sort of Money. equivalent position of power to what he currently has, then yeah, that's mm-hmm. a, yeah. Okay. And let's be honest, no one gives a fuck about the other members. Godbert, were they? Why would you get rid of him? And fuck the other the other ones. No one cares. <laughs> that's it. Everyone just Lolorito's like I don't just you can put them on the streets. I don't care. I make money. I got I got money. I got bitches. Right. I think I think she will find a way. I think she will find a way to sort of democratize it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Rabwan won't accept it, and we get to see crying face Nanamo again. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, don't don't cry. Not again. Not again. Stop it, because they design. They have your eyes designed in such a way where they're glossy, and if the ears are glossy, mine are gonna get glossy. <laughs> I don't want to do it. You'll get. You'll oh you'll God. feel like at this when Keen Flurry was removed. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I still got Keen Flurry on the hot <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, that's that's pretty much where it all comes together. Rabban is now going to be. Whatever happens, obviously, we still don't have a solid all-the-way plan with Alamigo. All we know mm-hmm. is that meeting went to shit. And mm-hmm. we don't know 90% of what they talked about because they cut right to when they were summoning Sri Lakshmi. Mm-hmm. And Rabban wants to be involved in it no matter what. And honestly, if I if Alamigo was looking for a military leader, I would probably want Rabban. <laughs> that, was, that was insane, the fact that... Uh... Rabban was like, nah, I'm, I'm fighting this primal. I was like, what? No! <laughs> Go away! Get out of here! Yeah, that's one of the first <laughs> times we've ever we've ever been exposed to the members that were scions and, and like, military that aren't, you know, Echo gifted. You have to remember that Lise wasn't, isn't no, gifted with the Echo. echo. Yeah. No, yeah. None of the scions have fought a primal directly. Before. Yeah, the only one that had the echo of the Scion Scions was Binfilia, and then there were mm. members that had the echo within the Waking Sands, but they weren't necessarily mm. Scions. Who also never fought a Primal. Who also spy. never fought a Primal. Alfino and Alize would tighten the second time with uh, Gabu. With what? With Gabu. Remember in the... I, I'm... Forget well, they also know. fought Bahamut. So yeah, actually, <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, actually, yeah, they fought, they fought Bahamut. To be fair, he wasn't exactly down for the whole tempering process. He was more like, uh, "I'm just gonna obliterate the process." Everything, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it all came together in what all these pieces led to Raubon. Ultimately, the goal of Raubon staying with Alamigo. Everything mm-hmm. that happened this patch was a goal to get us to that point, pretty mm-hmm. much. And it concluded, which I don't know how to feel about because I've never had that feeling at the end of a story patch before. 
I've never felt like, wow, that was great. It's it's done, and I'm excited for the next part, and I'm happy with this conclusion. Well, yeah, it just it just means that we can do the next thing now. Now that just means don't fuck it up at 4.2. That's as far as I'm concerned. Don't don't do this with 4.1, and then 4.2 no, does. I no, I look. I think I think 4.2 is going to introduce like what the next story arc is going to be, and that's going to be a couple of patches. So where do you think we go from here? Um, don't mind. <laughs> That's where I was. I mean, yeah, we're going to have to go and help sort things out in terms. Although it seems that in terms of uh, you know government leadership and everything, like Hian's got that sorted out. Um, I I want four point two to be Empire Strikes Back. Oh, another thing that's been important important to point out to Ethis's credit here, there is a dialogue mention of Dalmasca fighting back against the Empire early yes. on. Yeah. It says and this that, is important because we'll be we'll be coming to this shortly. And yes. Yes. Um, I want I want four point two to be Empire Strikes Back. I want four point two to be Hey, there's more Echo Super Soldiers, and uh, they're coming for us. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then we get the two the two uh, Hey, we let's do this Marvel style setup mm -hmm. for the next patch. The first one is Gosetsu and Yatsuyu, who we can't forget about. They were last left on an island with Yatsuyu out cold and Gosetsu trying to survive and find a way off. They made a raft, they got to Kugane, and they're currently disguised as just... I don't know how Gosetsu disguises himself, but... Fucker's fat as hell. I don't know I mean, how Yatsuyu there are There are a lot of Regadans in. Yeah, but he is a he's face he's model. He's very distinctive. Is, mm. I mean, those hats just tilt them down. and mm. But what um, we've learned is Yatsuyu likely has amnesia and has no fucking idea who she is. It's not. It's either amnesia or Stockholm Syndrome for him. One of the two. Um, I, him saving her. I think her. it's amnesia. They seem to be applying it's amnesia. And I don't like it. It's literally the only way, the only conceivable way you could make people pity her at this point. She was such a monster. She was such a horrible, uh, uh, vitriolic bitch in 4.0 that this is literally the only way that they could make people feel anything for her. And I think, I think it's kind of cheap. And I think that having a redemption arc for Fordola is one thing, but having a redemption arc for Fordola and Yatsuyu, it's kind of sucks. I don't think Yatsuyu is getting a. a, a redemption arc i think that no. she's I, okay so the only reason why there's a question of whether or not it's amnesia is the very last thing that happens before you see her in the in doma castle is she cries mm -hmm. that's it there's that moment where you think that maybe she's realized she's a monster and she regrets everything she's ever done because there was hope basically mm -hmm. but at the same time the way she 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 looks like she 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 seems like a different person. She doesn't she just looks seem like, like a complete blank canvas. Like she's yeah. Hey, I spent. She she literally went full Nashu. We have no money left, so I bought this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, a couple of people made the point of, uh, hey, Yotsuyu knows he's he's mates with the Sekasegumi. He's sort of worrying about how he's going to get back to Doma. Why doesn't he just go and? Uh, walk up to the Sekisegumi barracks and be like, hi friends, can you help me out please? Um, and I think it's because he doesn't want them to execute Yotsu. Yeah. 
I, I'm not sure whether it's because he has become attached to her and that he's got she's got amnesia or something and that subsequently he's like you know feeling differently about her or whether he wants to bring her in alive so they could get like some information out of her and so she could face a proper trial and all that but um either way he's very intent on keeping who she is a secret at the moment because if well, if she doesn't remember what who she is and somebody recognizes her and goes ham, mm -hmm. it's gonna it's not gonna be. It's gonna good. fuck with her. It's gonna really. I fuck think with what her. ends up happening, she gets her memory back. She turns back into a sadistic bitch. Is what I think happens. Yeah, I, I mean, what what I want for Yotsu is that we bring her in and she feeds us intel that helps us fight. Garlemald in subsequent patches. Um, no redemption art. She's still an evil bitch. Uh, we keep her in prison. Yeah, say that every time we see her, she, you know, does her evil bitch thing. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't want. I, I. I just don't want like the two major antagonists for for Stormblood to be completely turned over. I don't think Gatu is going down that path. And one important thing about your comment about the Sekisugumi, they're on their way to Doma because they have no jurisdiction in Kugane. Kugane doesn't give a fuck about Yatsuyu. Doma cares about Yatsuyu. I'm, I think that the Sekisugumi would probably either want to hand her back over to the Galeas or execute her. Isn't the Sekisugumi, like, fucking done now anyway? Because the samurai questline done fucked everything up with the oh, Sekisugumi. Oh, no, 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 no. The, Se the Sekisugumi took, like, a major hit, but they, they're they fine. They're all right. They're Gucci. That Last time we spoke about this, you said they were far from fine. <laughs> I mean, for the moment, the the immediate crisis that you see in the samurai questline is done with. Like, for the moment, they're okay. It's it's a precarious situation in uh, in in Kugane at the moment. A little and bit. The only, way I, the only way I see it being an issue with the Sekisegumi is if the Sekisegumi has any interaction with the Confederacy, and I don't think they've had a lot of interaction. In, not any Confederacy still needs to reset up the fact that they actually own that ocean to some degree because they've only existed yeah. there under Garlean watch for however many years now. Mm -hmm. So well. The Confederacy are trading with uh, Lollarito. Yeah. No. And Lollarito is trading with everyone. If yeah. you've got money and something worth oh, yeah. something to him, Lollarito is trading with them. Yeah. He literally yeah. has... He, as one individual, has a wider reach than any other empire or individual in oh, all yeah. of the realm. Pretty much. Garlemald, Doma, the Confederacy. I wouldn't be surprised if we find out he's been trading with Dalmasca mm -hmm. and, and the other areas everywhere just he's, he's fucking crazy Thavnir yeah, we know he's working with Thavnir like everywhere it's just everywhere yeah he's everywhere he's everywhere yeah. yeah. alright so we get that we're, the next thing we're going to be doing is dealing with Hien and Yatsuyu well, now that Gosetsu's trying to get her to Doma that's mm -hmm. that's his, his next goal but then we get a very odd cutscene that I didn't really know how to take and it's a cutscene of back at the royal capital in Garlemald where mm -hmm. two I guess not lower ranking, but they're lower. They're not. They're not legatuses or anything. So I'll, I'll call them lower ranked officers talking about a rumor that Xenos survived and that Alamigo didn't actually kill. We watched him slit his fucking throat, so we know that 
Unless he's got some insane echo primal Shinryu gift at this point, he's fucking dead. <laughs> what what mm-hmm. I think is this is a case of uh, imperial goes. propaganda where there's absolutely no way that they're gonna let anyone in any of the other regions know that they've lost two provinces. There's just no way they're gonna concede that. Yeah. Um, anything anyone hears about them, it's just rumor, it's just hearsay, uh, it never happened. Um, the alternative possibility is that they've got like Xenos clones or, or some some bullshit like that, or they've reanimated him. Um, it seems that someone took his body. Yeah, people are people are now trying to piece together that the scene in 4.0 where we get a, we get we don't see a face, but we know a little bit takes off his mask, mm-hmm. and that uh, Varus is not in any way pleased with what mm-hmm. Elidibus has shown him. Meaning he very clearly recognizes whoever is under that mask mm-hmm. and is upset with them being used basically as a puppet. You think this guy is Xenos' body is now another option as well. Although he seemed very, how do I say, short for to be Xenos. And it'd be really yeah. weird to be an Asian who has the Echo, who then now is taken over the body of an Echo an artificially gifted echo individual and well i mean the assassins need bodies um and but a little bit does he need a body <laughs> well i'm a, 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 from everything we know about assassins yes he needs he needs a body um does he need a new one well that's the thing the prob- the problem is is that if he's using Xenus's body then we just have to ask like well whose body was he using before we didn't see him till 2.1 yeah we didn't see him until Hey, wow! Immediately after Gaius disappeared. Never found the body. So, the path of least resistance, I think, is still Gaius. Um, uh, the rule, the rule, the, the official ethos mandate is that in every scene of every patch where you see some mystery character who's being unveiled and you don't know who it is, it's Gaius until proven otherwise. The Griffin was Gaius. Doesn't yeah, matter. Until if... proven otherwise. Yeah. It's like, it, it's Schrodinger's Gaius, right? Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> That's it. God damn it. I'm it glad is, you it like that Gaius and not Gaius in uh, a state of quantum flux until you pull the mask off. There you go. But now, okay. It's going I, back to what you. No, no, no. I was. I wanted you to take this because I didn't know where you're going. Yeah. Going back to what you said about the um, the propaganda, what would be the point of Garlean spreading propaganda like that mm-hmm. when. Varys already knows what happened. What, well, what the point, benefit? The point of propaganda like that is uh, for okay. So so the way the Galilean Empire works is that less than ten percent of the population of the empire are actually Galileans mm-hmm. and are actually like full citizens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vast majority are these subjugated people, um, and if they learn that some rabble managed to liberate two Galilean provinces, they're gonna have riots everywhere. And they're already having that problem given that he had sent out uh, all of these, you know, spies around the place to kind of incite uh, rebellions and kind of light spot fires throughout the empire. But it's simply that, it's, it's, it's to keep things together. It's to prevent another civil war. We're pushing them to eventually grab some WMDs as if they haven't once or, once or twice already and like yeah, really fucking use them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're re- we're gonna really push them to like absolute like desperation by some point, and it's gonna go really, really bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Most likely, I guess the ultimate question is who the fuck was clenching their hand in that? Because th- that's not Elidibus as Gaius getting upset that they're sped they're spreading propaganda. So I'm it's not Gaius, all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if we refer back to the the uh, official Ethos Schrodinger's Gaius mandate, um, it is Gaius. Um, it it could be I can't remember his name, but it, it seems like the glove is similar to what the the Galilean scientists wear. I don't know if it's the same. Yeah, it reminds me of of Sid's Ironworks glove, but a different color. Pardon, slight. You were saying Alsus. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. It could be, it could be him. Alsus was the, a lot? yeah. Alsus was the, the the second boss of second boss Alamigo. of uh, yeah, Alamigo. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. It could be him. Um, it could be Alice. someone we haven't seen before. Alice, or, excuse me. You know, it could be Gaius until proven otherwise. Well, what we what we'll we'll talk about in a second when we talk about uh, Evilise is we learned that Sid was a, was friends with a great many scientists or scientific minds, even if the, and we learned that there are actually a lot of Garleans who don't necess- who are the scientific minds who don't agree with the way that the government is run. Yeah, well, they that's why they had a civil war. Yeah, that's why <laughs> they had a civil war. So he's on one side of it, and he looks mm-hmm. to be on the side of of not occupying a hundred percent of the world like mm-hmm. the the late emperor and Ferris are. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I think it's if it's Aulus. I don't I don't think he seemed to be on the side of I science. Think it's I yeah. think it's unlikely that it's Aulus, but it is possible. Um, Aulus was on the side of science, but you got to remember that uh, Xenos was the only person that funded the project. So someone put forth where I was going to go with this. Mm-hmm. Now, Final Fantasy twelve. I said that when you're a member of a certain legion, mm-hmm. there's supposed to be direct parallels to your character and the game through which you came it was less literal with xenos up to this point mm-hmm. where other than um other than his obsession and eventual transformation resembling that of vain solidor and his sort of sheer ruthlessness being mm-hmm. akin to vain solidors he mm-hmm. had what felt like almost no connections to final fantasy 12 even though we have evilis and Delmasca and all these names dropping now these the one place i was going is is that our larsa equivalent that's upset at hearing Z- about Xenos. Of all the people that get upset about lying about Xenos, would be someone blood-related who also has a difference in belief to the whole propaganda thing. Yeah, well, like I said, that's that's a distinct possibility as well that it's someone that we haven't met yet. I'm I'm I like I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that prediction. Sure. And when we see, because what they're going to do is when we meet that character, they're going to show us the glove first, and then they're going to show us the rest of them. So we go, oh, now we're going to find out. They're going to do that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But that was confusing. I didn't, I really didn't know what to draw for like the first two, three days after I played that. I was like, who the fuck is that? I have <laughs> no idea. Uh, but overall, great previews. Three, three months, and we'll find out what the hell is going on mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of these different elements. I have a feeling until. 4.3 or 4.4, so we're going to keep seeing like one Garland cutscene at the end, and that's like all. I know you want Empire Strikes Back, but I think yeah. we're still a little bit away. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. 
All right. Uh, so what else is there? Okay, so we're done with that. Very quickly before we move on to the other piece of meat, um, Hildebrand. <laughs> Have you done it, Ethis? Okay. No, Do you care it. if we talk about it? Uh, no, I don't care. It's fine. It actually has almost nothing to talk about. Yeah, like, this is the very the are we even talking about? Oh, well, because of, the, because of the preview for 4.2. That's why. So, basically, mm -hmm. Nashu was trying to get help from what's-his-face, the Namazu who betrayed us. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. The, the one who... Yeah, Gyazo. Gyazo is trying to help Nashu, but he's trying, of course, to, you know, do what he did with, to us. He's trying to do it to her, pretty much. And he doesn't like that we're involved. He sees us, and he's like, uh, I'll do it for free. Follow me. I promise I'll help. I don't <laughs> want to get on his bad side. I gotta play this carefully. And mm -hmm. Nashu's just looking for Hildebrand. She's like, he's gotta be here. So I came here. And <laughs> Why has he got to be there? Because he flew to the east. She's like, well, yeah. he flew as far east right. as possible. So I, she's like, and I, so I thought, I guess I have to go as far east as possible. And that's as far east as she could get. Yes. She scrounged okay. up every every gill she right. had and that, made that's, it. That's actually some pretty solid Nashu logic. <laughs> it is. That's, it's in character. And she figures the best way, well, we help her figure out that the best way to find Hildebrand if he is here is to find if there's an important case going on. And you find out there's... And also that Lalafell is stalking her and says that, and explains why he's been stalking her for all those, all those, these patches, pretty much. Yeah, why is that? He saw her in a market one day and fell in love, pretty much. Oh, and he wants, and he wants, yeah. and, and she's in a faraway place that's not safe. He's the one who sends you in to help her because he sees her with Gyazo. He's like, make sure she's safe. And she actually realizes it too. She's realized it like long ago that he's always been there. If you, if you bring it back up, like, yeah, I know what you're talking. I pretty much seen him. What else do you have to offer? Yeah, you can tell her that she has a stalker, and she's like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> <laughs> she's probably used to it. <laughs> she has to be because it's this guy, and she knows it's this guy. He's not. He's the stalker who thinks he's doing a good job, not being noticed. But you, mm -hmm. she knows the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and you find out there's a case where a bunch of people are having stuff stolen. And it ends there. That's it. You find out there's a case, and it's over. And Gyazo blows up. And Gya yeah, and then there's a random scene that has no implications to the story where Nashu explodes bombs in Gyazo's face, and Godbert does the Manderville in a hot spring. For no reason. Uh, all right. But the so preview is what shows Hildebrand, like, looking at the case. You find out, by the way, there's another detective who's part of the Sekasagumi, who's okay. going to be our what's-his-face... Um, the Scholasticum. Yeah, he's gonna be our he's gonna be our Briardian, is this Sekisagumi guy. Um and we see a, a welcome friend returning to Hildebrand's story and that of our good old buddy Gilganesh. And he is the probably gonna be our first proposed culprit, but not the actual culprit, pretty much. So do we get a Gilgamesh versus Yojimbo? I don't know. <laughs> That would be so good. That would be amazing. Whatever, whatever it is. Well, the thing is, Yojimbo is a is a paid guard, and he's the thief. So I mean, there's potential for them to clash there. Yeah, yeah. If uh, if Hildebrand's like, I'm sorry, he paid guard. Who's he's probably just gonna call him Jimmy. He's got Greg and Jimmy. <laughs> yes, finally. My name is Yojimbo. Jimmy. <laughs> it sticks. Oh well, good to meet you, Jimmy. Well, uh, 
I'm uh, I'm Hildebrand, and I'm trying to figure this. Is like you will not come any closer. And again, Gilgamesh steps in, and that's a whole problem. So, uh, yeah, Gilgamesh. They're bringing him back. I think at this point they've realized Gilgamesh and Hildebrand are kind of core to each other in Final Fantasy XIV. And as much as Gilgamesh could stand on his own, he's better off here mm -hmm. <laughs> as a goof. Dude, Greg and Jimmy. Can we make that like a... That's like a Saturday morning cartoon idea waiting to happen. Can somebody do some art for Greg and Jimmy on this a Saturday morning cartoon, please? And then Enkidu's just in the middle of them all. I like where this is going. Now we just need Ultros back, and we'll be good. We had him back for the, the summer event. We did, yeah. yeah. It, was good to see, it was good to see our buddy Ultros again. Uh, so and then that's that's it. It just pretty pretty much when they call it a preview, it's as preview as you can get. But Gilgamesh is back, so I'm hoping it'll be fun. And they did say when they were asked about Hudibran that they were considering trials for it again because it was mm -hmm. a good motivation to get people to go through it. Yeah, that's interesting because I I actually asked your shooter about that in San Francisco and he gave me like a pretty hard no. Yeah, but there no they change every three months. If you ask them the same question, it's yeah, it's you get a completely different answer. Yeah, there you go. Mm. So that's what we're looking at, and I'm looking forward to Gilgamesh returning because without the old people jokes, we need more Gilgamesh. Igor <laughs> versus Enkidu. There you go. Oh no, that would be. Oh yeah, that'd be really good if if they don't get along as part of the Saturday morning oh, cartoon. Just the chicken Enkidu. <laughs> yeah, the chicken Enkidu. The chicken is in the preview. By yeah. the way, so yeah, chicken thank you do. Uh, okay, so with that, then we have the most major other aspect of the story. I mean, there's the Kojin, but we're not done with them yet, so we can't mm -hmm. really. It's, it's going well so far, at the very least. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that much. Um, we have the uh, Evolution raid. Return to Evilise. Oh my God, Ethos, don't make that face. Why are you doing that? I'm just really excited. Are you? Yeah. I will say Yatsumi and Matsuno. Not just because I was right <laughs> again. All right, listen, F Jesus, Jesus Asher, whatever you want to call it. Look, before we get into it, because I've been hearing a lot of people talking about it, worrying about it again. I want to make it absolutely clear: um, Yoshida is adamant that Final Fantasy XIV Hyderland, our world, stands alone. This is not the same release. This is not a sequel to Final Fantasy Tactics. This is a completely different place that just happens to share some common themes and common names. If there's any confusion about that, Bagamnon's alive. <laughs> that would yeah. that should that should quell any and all things. And also, uh, Ramza is well, our our Ramza is Garlean, although the old one was not, pretty much. Although they look way too similar to each other. It's kind of creepy that his his yeah. child just happened to look exactly like the ancient legend of Ivalice. Yeah. Um, so we have what basically starts off as uh, the Garlean Theater Ship. Now we were wondering why they picked the Prima Vista. We were wondering how many Final Fantasy Nine reference there would be, and there really isn't. The Prima Vista, pretty much, other than being a theater ship, is not a reference in any. Mm -hmm. There's no other references to Final Fantasy Nine really hanging out in there. But it's come to Kugane and. They, uh, what's it called, were recommended by an old friend of ours we haven't seen in a while, the mm -hmm. the writer for the, uh, the Mithril... Mithril Eye? No, Mithril Eye. Raven's Eye. It's her sister. Yeah, it's her sister. sister, yeah. You actually, you say, I know you, and she goes, oh, you know my sister. Yeah, Muji's sister, yeah. Yeah, Muji's sister. So, um, she basically introduces us to, uh, 
to the characters that are there. And we get the whole explanation from from some of our old friends from Tactics about mm -hmm. what the hell is going on. It takes a really long, it's a lot of text before you actually get into Ravenaster. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of buildup and a lot of like meat in here. Yeah, Alma and Ramza just, yeah. Alma's still a crybaby within six seconds, and Ramza's a <laughs> and Ramza's a dick. He's a piece of shit. He's like, fuck you. We don't need you. Mm -hmm. Fuck, do we need you for? All right, he says we need you. I'll give you a chance. Mm -hmm. Just let's just go do this. He's right, a talk, bitch. Talk to the fucking hand. All right. But we basically learned that. Garla, uh, Garlemald had reached a point where originally, you know, like, plays and everything were a big part of their culture. But when eventually, mm -hmm. when the last emperor, uh, I think it was it, it was Solace, not Varys. Sol Solace yeah. was, a, was a big fan of the arts, apparently. Yeah, but and Varys... Actually, yeah, Varys is, is not so much. Apparently putting in, like, massive sort of censorship and really kind of, like, cracking down on his whole... Propaganda! Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the, subsequently, the, the Prima Vista is uh, more or less an outlaw vessel. Yeah, because they uh, basically, the, uh, their father, Ramzan Alma's father, um, wrote a play and he snuck in a lot of little things that the people who were reviewing it or the government reviewing it didn't know. And as mm -hmm. it began to gain mm -hmm. uh, popularity then they realized it and they couldn't act because they can't say well mm -hmm. no you can't do that anymore because then it, they look guilty so basically he's got land shakespeare yeah pretty mm -hmm. much and in like a very literal way and i find all of this fascinating because i didn't know how they were going to work in the fact that they kept telling us this was a legend mm -hmm. to the point where it made sense that this was a garland airship mm -hmm. and again one thing that has been constant with 4.1 is the uh, wealth of information about the world building that's present in stories as opposed to things like the card for Roderick, which is still mm -hmm. nice, but it's all there in front of you. And I think mm -hmm. that's the important thing here. So kudos to Yatsumi Matsuno, Koji, and, on, and all the story writers and localization. They did so. such a good job of kind of putting this together and, and integrating it into, into the world. Yeah. Um, so basically, their father, Junomus, is actually, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Arslan Barai. Barai, yeah. Say that one more time since both of you were talking at the same time. Arslan, Arslan Durai. There you go. Um, and uh, he's the ancestor of the guy that penned the Durai papers, which is an account of uh, ancient Ivelis, which talks about Ramza and Alma. Um, and it's different from the, the, you know, the popular accepted accounts of Delita, 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 I don't know how to say it, being, being the hero and all that. Um, so he is basically trying to uncover the truth and he thinks that the truth is in Ivelis, which is buried under Dalmasca. Yeah, pretty much. Well, it's buried under Rebanaster. Well, actually which, all yeah, the, the, all the Ivelis, yeah. Which the capital will... in particular is buried under mm. Ravanasta. Yeah. Now, the problem is that Dalmasca has recently rebelled against the Empire, and evidently they decided to do it by using Aurasides. Yeah. That's choice in fighting back against the Empire. So, Aurasite is, is something that 
uh, again is sort of lost to the, the sands of time in Ivalice, but people have been kind of finding, you know, here and there, um, uncovering. Uh, Genomus himself has managed to find a couple of pieces of it. Um, and the big problem here is that we, we have a precedent for Aurasite and the problems that are wrapped up in it in Final Fantasy XIV in that it's basically the cause of the void. Yeah. It's not good. Um, there's the use of Aurasite by the Warriors of Light and the 13th Shard that turned the 13th Shard into the void. So the stakes are incredibly high here that the locals in Rabanasta have evidently tried to weaponize the Aurasite to fight back the Garlands, and they've done that, but the city is empty. Like, everyone is dead. And they never addressed this, which which I found really disappointing. It's like literally everyone is gone. Either escaped or dead, pretty much. Yeah. It's like a whole city is just is just it's it's done. It's a not a great time in Rabinaster's history, but a great time for us. <laughs> um and they never like they, they just sort of left these implications about the Orosite and about the rebellion without actually making I don't think they once made a direct reference to the fact that Dalmasca had been rebelling. Yeah, not in Rabinaster's story they did not. It was in the first maybe really it was in maybe the first two or three dialogue options in the main mm -hmm. scenario itself mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. Lise or Monago mentions that Dalmasca Actually I, yeah I was gonna say I was I was yeah I wasn't that I was Alpha. Yeah Alfino mentions it. Um, it's really strange, really, really strange. Um, yeah, but basically, well, Aurasite are they? They contain the essence of primals, and they corrupt the people who wield them and turn them into monsters. And in Ivalice, those would be known as the Lukavi. Lukavi. Mm -hmm. Yep. So there we go. That's what we're fighting. We're fighting Lukavi. Yeah, and they don't mess around. Literally, the gatekeeper is one of the Lukavi, Mateus, who is a mm -hmm. man, by the way. Mateus is a male god with mm -hmm. a female living shield with a female living shield which is that of the ballerina that spins around the arena there who has her own name that always slips in my mind I always forget the name of the female shield that he has then you have Hashmal and then you have Raphael, who's not Lucifuge yeah. Lucifuge Raphael yeah Lucifuge mm -hmm. Raphael yeah, yeah about that one yeah you had a good time with that didn't you He's easy. I, yeah. I loved it. Like I loved it because, again, I, I could I could do six degrees of bar, but I won't. Um, SMT. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we don't need to go into Shin Megami Tensei conversations for the sixth week in a row. Thank you very much. It was a fun fight. Look, it was a it fun was a, fight. It was a fun fight. A lot of like really unique sort of attacks that we can. It was boring. I kind of felt like it was boring. I will say yeah. this: the figure eight is the most responsive AOE I've ever seen yeah. in this game. Thank you. Somebody <laughs> finally says it. We have yeah. the technology. I love that, and I really hope they start doing more stuff like that. We'll probably get it in the ultimate. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, we'll probably get, like, distance-based AoEs in Ultimate. Um, and then the last boss is... Uh, God, I always have such a hard Arga. time. Yeah. Arga. I, yeah. Who's uh, a antagonist in in, uh, in Tactics. Tactics. Yes. That yeah. ends up... Does he... I think he ends up being becoming a Lukavi, doesn't he? I think he does. Um, I don't... I don't he becomes a death... I know you when you... 
Mm, no, that's, uh, that's, is that Argoth who becomes, no. Yeah, is he the one who becomes a Death Knight? I don't think he becomes a Lukavi. Well, all of the antagonists in that game, at some yeah. point, become, you have to fight him as a Lukavi, and you have to yeah. fight them as some kind of undead. Yeah, that's true. The, game is, the story of that game is so dense and convoluted, and I haven't played it for like 10 years. Yeah, I, I had to it's watch other people. For us. I tried playing through the Final Fantasy 1 tactics, and mm -hmm. I couldn't get the controls, just haven't aged well for me, so I gotta play like War of the Lions again, mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. to to refresh to refresh myself there. He was he was supposed to be. He was pretty close to Ramza, but he always they always disagreed, and eventually he became an antagonist because of it. Yeah, he he betrayed Ramza because he like killed a hostage or something in order to kill someone else. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. they basically disagreed, and he even mentions when you encounter him there, he sees you and he goes a descendant of House Baluf. Which is mm -hmm. Ramses' original last name, and yeah, so he's obviously some ancient enemy of theirs as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but going into this, uh, this setup, I don't know. I I feel like I'm. I feel like you could tell they gave Yatsume Matsuno kind of free reign here, to even though it had to fit within Final Fantasy XIV's mm -hmm. universe, because he made sure that if you never played Tactics, you still wanted to be involved here. Mm -hmm. It was great. It was great uh, fan service. Mm -hmm. But in every way was it written like Yatsume Matsuno wanted people to see Ivalice for the first time on his terms. Yeah. Which was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the story is quite derivative, but mm -hmm. it's still very compelling. It's not purely fan service. It's very compelling for people that have never seen or heard of Agrix or Final Fantasy XII. I think. And, that's what I, and that's another thing I wanted to ask you, Epis. So what did you think? Uh, how did you feel... Robin Astor compared to um, Crystal Tower and and mm. um, the Void Arc. Um, I think I think it feels more cohesive than Crystal Tower did, but mm -hmm. I think it's also because I know a lot more about the world than when Crystal Tower first came out. I was like, what's going on here? We didn't know very mm -hmm. much about the Alligans or anything like that. Um, I'm just really excited that this is this is introducing a whole new. Uh, history for us and you know these ancient civilizations on the other side of the world and their you know history and timeline going back thousands of years and the fact that we get to explore all that now is, is so exciting and that's the thing we find out that under Rabanaster is indeed the royal city of Lasalia which is mm -hmm. the capital of Ivalice in the game yeah, itself exactly. yeah. so uh, literally we've been to the center of all of Ivalice already so we know it's fucking there. Like, there's no, there's zero debate at this point. And it, the story becomes about um, Genomus eventually trying. He needs to prove Ivalice exists. Mm -hmm. Pretty much, that's his his life goal. That's why he went to the city. He got lost, almost got killed, and why eventually Pagamnon uh, gets his way because mm -hmm. he Pagamnon is an asshole as expected, but he mm -hmm. also knows who the Warrior of Light is. He recognized us immediately. That was weird. And that was weird. Who the of Light is yeah. at this point. Yeah, he's like, that's the Slayer of Gods. And his crew is like... <laughs> he's like, yeah, we are not fighting that guy. <laughs> that is a bad decision waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. Good to see him show some restraint, because mm -hmm. when Balthier was involved, he had no restraint and didn't give any fucks. <laughs> but when faced with a slayer of gods, he's like, "Yeah, you know, I, uh, I think we should we should let this unfold first. Mm -hmm. And he kind of does what um, 
Fornius tries to do, where he lets us do all the work and then tries and then tries to reap the reward at the end. The difference is, Began yeah. then gets his way. He basically takes Genomus and says, "Give me the Orosite, and mm-hmm. we'll give you Genomus." Mm-hmm. My favorite thing was he apparently doesn't like bad jokes because his crew makes that was, that was his, so his crew makes one bad joke and he's just like, "It's funny." Just shoots him. <sighs> And then he gets up, he's like, you're not that hurt, come on. Get up, jump on the ship, we're leaving with or without you. But Gamnon was a pleasure, in pretty much every way. He's fun, fun. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Uh, So basically where this is going is that Genomus, in wanting to uncover the secret and reveal the truth of Iblis, Mm -hmm. has basically inexplicably brought Aurasite back to the world. And that's a huge problem. Yeah. Because that ruin everything for everyone forever especially because we learn orosite doesn't work the way we initially thought it did so you really so you really put genomus as the main reason yeah main reason for yeah. orosite one well not the main reason for it's not like he invented orosite but he, no no not saying that he invented yeah. it but like i would say it's more indirect but so yeah, i, I kind of Genom- agree with you genomus is to evelise what um st koinak was to alec mm-hmm. basically before st koinak started uncovering Alagan artifacts in Mordona, everyone thought it was a fairy tale and nothing more. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought that Ivelisse was a fairy tale, Genomus found some Aurasite. People started digging. People found more Aurasite. People found cities underneath the sands. That's what's happened. So he's proved to be the catalyst for this, uh, this ancient evil basically returning to the world. Yeah. Through word of mouth. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because by digging up old Ivelisse, they dug up the relics that were the Orosite that contained the Lukavi. Mm-hmm. And the by simply being in the vicinity of mortals, they can mm-hmm. eventually kind of be they, they, they can eventually possess the body of and kind of free themselves from said mm-hmm. Orosite. Mm-hmm. So it's uh it's going downhill real quick. And remember yeah. the Orosite Bagamnon got away with was indeed the one of chaos, and there's fear there that Bagamnon becomes the vessel for the Lukavi chaos at mm-hmm. some point so that's where, that's where I think it's going yeah I, I think it's going in, in a similar direction to that um, that we're going to somehow have to try and collect all the Orosite and destroy them and that's going to take us to you know the other uh, buried ancient Ivalisian cities or wherever else the Orosite is I still think we're going to uh, Nabudis mm-hmm. and eventually to um Fuck, I always, I always want to say the Great Crystal, but then that's not... It's the place that contains the Great Crystal. Come on, help me out here. I, I'm it's not on, real good with, it, with it, tactics. It's, it's, on the tip, it's on the tip of my tongue. Guys, help me out. Not the Great Crystal, the place that you have to go through to get to the Great Crystal. I'm, so, I'm sure... Gir, uh, Gir, Giru Vagan. There you go. No. And, and Giru yeah. Vagan. Which, would, which could, in Final Fantasy XIV universe, contain... A ba- basically the core of where Orosite is found. Yeah, mm. sure. So that's where I'm going with it at the very least. Nabudi, so another fallen city, as well as Giruvagan, where all Orosite originates, and eliminating that element or sealing that away, which we know Sid is all about sealing instead of, you know, doing anything else. Destroying. Instead yeah. of destroying. He, he's got a real bad problem with this stuff. Uh, 
yeah, that's where that's what that's what he said. I think that's where we're going. I think it ends mm-hmm. in I think it ends with us going up against Ultima the High Seraph, who's guarding the who is the the Kavi guarding the Great Crystal. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely going to be something like that. Could also uh, be just, Mulan Bay. Yeah, just uh, just as an aside, and this is going to be a topic for another day and probably another video. Um, as I was kind of thinking about Orosite moving through all this, I have a very strong suspicion now that the heart of Sabik the artifact that is used to power the ultimate weapon probably an orosite from the 13th shard wouldn't be surprised yeah anyway like i say that's a topic for another video slides just mm-hmm. blew his fucking mind right there <laughs> repeat that one more time so the, the half subic is the the basically the core that is used to power the ultimate weapon it's mm-hmm. something that is older than Alec and was given to Alec by the Asians. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've got a working theory that it's one of the Orosite from the 13th Shard. And that is basically how, that's basically the mechanism by which Ultima is able to absorb the souls of primals because that's what Orosite does. Yeah. It's literally mm. the definition of it, but it's been weaponized to be, because Orosite is not great at containing it, but Ultima acts as a vessel through which to actually contain any primals that yeah. are that are absorbed in the heart of Sabi. Then who just yeah. then who just handed it to the Garlic? The Asians. Oh, you mean oh well the Asians are the Asians are probably how they found Ultima weapon too. Yeah. It's if the Asians gave the Alag the heart of Sabik, then mm-hmm. when they fell, the Asians were there, they know where Ultima is, and it's their weapon. So give it to the Garlands, let them awaken it, let them fix it. And then you have your weapon, basically. And that's it also what... explains why the Ultima weapon would be able to cast Ultima. Yeah. Anyway, just a working theory. And like I say, pretty much outside the scope of today's conversation. But, forget the thought. Um, where? Okay, so that's food for thought. Um, well, here's more food for thought. I don't remember. I'll have to watch it again. But this question coming in from the chat: Which orosite is in the box that's in the Prima Vista? There is, he. They have an orosite on the Prima yeah, they Vista. Do. There, there is mm-hmm. one. They did like a little zoom into it. I, I, did I take a screenshot of that? No, I did not. I don't know. I gotta say, by the way, the Prima Vista having sculptures of Bahamut and Leviathan and shit was that was really cool. I want that in housing. Yeah. I want that. You know how many people like... were like, "Give me this as a house." <laughs> It looks like they're working on a play about us. <laughs> yeah. Us as the Warrior of Light? Yeah, I mean, literally look at what they're building. It's anything that the Warrior of Light it's themselves has. There's, there's a whole bunch of um, there's a whole bunch of replica uh, Ishgardian Solarets and stuff around as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they want to tell the story of Coil. They want to tell the story of, of Heaven's Ward. Um, How they would know the story of Coil, I think it's more likely that they would want to tell the story of the Calamity itself, because that's that's something Mm -hmm. they, because they don't know about Coil. Well, if they have Orosite, who the fuck knows what they know, right? The reason we first went into Coil was because the Garlands were trying to get in there, right? The Garlands know that we blasted through them and got in there, and, you know... They they would have gone down later and realized oh shit there's nothing down here the warrior light cleared it out oh shit there's nothing down here <laughs> yeah very garland I'm sure, of I'm sure the Alligan, uh, sorry not the Alligan, I'm sure the Garlands would have worked out by now 
um, more or less what happened in the Vining Coil. And do you think that, well, I guess if they are outlaw, if they are outlaws telling stories, then you wouldn't be too surprised because they're already not really fans of the laws of yeah. story of, of plays they're allowed to put on. Um, a lot of people seem to think that even without seeing it, it could be Virgo, which would be the stone of Ultima. Mm -hmm. So sure. uh, that's it. Genomus, don't don't let it don't let it happen to you. Don't, don't do it. Don't become a vessel, Genomus. Don't make don't don't make us do this. Don't make us do the whole fucking Estinian thing where we gotta try to separate you from this thing and. Right was up. he not possessed by the Argus? No, I don't think so. We saw we sure we, we saw the guy who was possessed, and we saw him vanish. He was just like behind him, and it's like, oh, I'm so glad you found me. <laughs> um, hang on, I've got, I've got as as he's vanishing, as uh, well, like after we kill Argus, I've got a line here. I've got a screenshot of him saying, "Where, where am I? This body, it is not my own. Oh gods, what have I done? Save me, Ramza, save me." Yeah, I do. So I I saw that, and I was like, oh okay, he's been possessed by Argus. Because because the difference between um, for example, what uh, what uh, Xenos did and what the uh, Lucavi are is that it is like a reversible process, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I remember the body that Argoth, that you see Argoth become like the guy who's possessed become him and it's not Genomus. Is it not? I'm 99% sure. I saw that face and I was like, alright. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. That line happens, you're right. That's what happens right after you defeat Argoth, but it's not yeah. it's not Genomus. Yeah, so maybe maybe it's Argoth talking to like the historical Ramza being like, Oh, what have I done? Yeah, because Genomus yeah, yeah people are pointing out Genomus is in yeah, the background. You, you, see, you see Genomus in the background. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Yeah, so that that must be that is interesting. So that must be Argoth um appealing to the ancient original Ramza saying oh my god what have i done save me that's yeah, pretty much yeah, he's he really lost his sanity thousands of years ago and is now mm -hmm. regaining it just before his own death ultimately um okay one last question have either of you any of you gotten alliance b yet yes a few yes times. i haven't i keep making the 24 men alliances so i'm in alliance a every time i gotta make somebody else make the alliance i didn't i at this probably read all of it i just skipped at this there. made his whole alliance it's like you can go pull rafael he's a joke i'm here i'm busy fuck off i took screenshots of all of it and mm -hmm. honestly there's not there's not much in it how do you feel about them throwing it down just one of the three pads and the other two That's pads? That's fucking stupid. If it was something super critical, it would frustrate me, but it's really not. It's not. I mean, I can read it all to Yeah, you. read it. I don't know what it says. Yeah, I've never please, been down that please. path. So, the first one says, uh, We departed Lazalia in high spirits, yet it was not long before our mirth turned to misgiving. We found ourselves struggling from the start and sadly obtained nothing of note. We found ourselves anew, and I pray our next errand meets with greater success. So I think that that indicates that there's someone else that's been exploring Lazalia and trying to find some Orosite. Uh, the next one says, our lives are as fleeting as a dream. What a somber thought. Um, and my thought was maybe this is someone who's got some Orosite and is starting to go like a little bit bad shit. 
the next one says, using the crude wooden spoon I was provided, I sip at the thin broth, wondering if it's lentils I taste. It is, of course. Lentil soup is all that I've eaten since arriving in this village more than a month ago, soup being a generous term for this pathetic puddle, trying its best to cover the bottom of my equally crude bowl. Would that my host said even salt to flavor the lukewarm fare, but war erased any hope of trade caravans making it this far. Not that these forsaken villagers have ought to trade. Soon their lot will succumb to hunger and the desert will reclaim them in any memory of their existence, such as life in times of peril. So Darwin. I think this is obviously a note written back during the, the War of the Lions. And that's that's it. That's all there is. It's pretty important to have back. It's pretty important. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 nothing, you know. Hmm. It's, it's just a little bit of flavor, really. Okay. I just, I was so sad. I keep getting, I can't. You want to know what's funny? Alliance A goes on the right path, B goes in the middle, C goes down the left. Someone was like, why the fuck did they do it backwards? I was like, don't Japanese people read from right to left? <laughs> was that, is that, is, could that be the reason? <laughs> I don't know if that's the reason. Oh my god. Uh, well, I remember the first time my friend handed me a manga book. I opened it to the end, and, I, and he was like, well, you, <laughs> you, you spoiled well, it. <laughs> well, you ruined it. <laughs> yeah, those are good times. Okay. So, uh, yeah, and then now we wait for the next chapter. Also, I'm glad Sid says the reason he can't help is because he's dealing with Omega. Like, I'm glad he acknowledges Omega's. Yeah. Have, now, do you know if anyone has done that? We're with dealing with Omega. Hey, we're dealing with Omega. He's like, I don't have time for this because I gotta, I gotta uh, invent new tasks for the Warrior of Light to do in Omega. And it's like, why do you think that we've got time for this? We just, you think that we we can just do everything? Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. He has to make another gimbal for for the next tier of Omega. He, he, we need our new our new trick to get out of a mechanic in Omega. That's what he's doing. I oh, think, but Nero, but Nero made that. <laughs> yeah, Nero made that. That's true. That's true. Never mind. Texas for granted, just a little bit. Yeah, that's. A, I didn't even think about that. I was like, wow, I'm really glad they mentioned Omega because I was wondering, do you think if you haven't done Omega, that he has a different line there? He has to. No, I think I, I'm pretty sure that if you haven't done Omega, he'd still mention it. All right. I just yeah. I thought it was like awfully specific, but you're right because if we're if. He because oh technically dealing with Omega doesn't have to mean the Delta escape because it's he's been fo trying to figure out what the hell is in that yeah hole one way or the mm -hmm. other. Um, still, it was a little bit weird because like, I don't no, have time for this. But this guy who's doing the same thing with yeah, me has time this for guy this. Guy's doing all the hard labor for me in Omega. He's got time. Yo, for he beat all the bosses, and yeah. I watched. I he's got all the time in the world. <laughs> He's fine. He's got this down. He 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 got world first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what's. He's yeah, this... been sitting around waiting for new content. Like, yeah, him in. yeah, anger, anger, <laughs> anger goes in. He's like, this guy got world first. He beat him before anyone else. So you guys got time. You got give, just give us something to do for three and a half months. All right. Uh, yeah. Listen, he's got a company to. He could have just said that. I'm busy running the ironworks. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, Jesse's then, running iron. Yeah, and then Je yeah. Jesse would have been like. Oh yeah, really, really. Funny you should mention that. I uh, mm. I thought I was the one running. Yeah, <laughs> hey, where's Jesse to bust his balls right there? Yeah, sorry, I'm, I, my headset was starting to run out of battery, so it's making a few dingy noises right now. Since I I did this and I pulled it. Yeah. Uh oh. 
Yeah. Um, but ultimately, this is my favorite story patch. Like overall, outside of Hildebrand being short, and the Kojin so far have been has been really good. This is this is your favorite story patch, period. Not I, just your favorite point one. I think I, I think that in terms of a and it's clearly the best point one, point two, point three, point four, and for me even point fives with the way that the first one was kind of a weird moon. The moon breed of death was great, but it was just mm -hmm. such a weird pre. It was such a it was such a weird thing to happen just before Ishgard. Mm-hmm. Other than it essentially meaning giving us... It pretty much was only there to set up that we were going to do the same thing to the Assians again. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, and then 3.5 was fantastic, mm -hmm. but it was basically one patch cut, in, cut yeah. in half. Yeah. yeah. So no, I, 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 think, I think I agree with you. I think that the storytelling has been consistently getting better over the entire, I, I think, like lifetime of the game. It has been consistently getting better and better and better and better. Um, and in particular, in in four point and four point one, they've absolutely nailed the pacing, which was a huge issue for me in Heaven's Borders. That the pacing was really inconsistent, um, and yeah, they're just it's it, it's it's awesome. And like I said at the beginning of the show, it's gone a long way for me for mitigating a lot of the gripes that we might otherwise have had about this patch. Um, that they've just put so much into the story, and there's so much for us to digest here. Uh, I don't know if we'll still be saying that in like a couple months, but I mean, I don't feel like a couple months from now it takes away anything from the story. That's when you that's when you start setting in like if you're not doing rival wings. Oh, no, 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 so no, no. Like... I'm, not, I'm not saying take away from the story. I'm just saying that like the patch as a whole for me is probably going to get a much higher score because the story was was like so perfectly nailed. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's going to be a discussion for another time for certain is our actual like scoring and breakdown of 4.1 compared to previous batches especially once rival wings and everything has kind of been collectively released yeah for sure and, yeah so uh that's definitely a topic but story-wise there was a clear increase in quality here that mm -hmm. wasn't present in previous patches for that alone other than it didn't have the the strongest impact like the scene of 2.55 in the hall in the ball in the uh, in the banquet room didn't have mm -hmm. the same impact as omega versus shinryu but as a collective what's a uh, form of narrative mm -hmm. i felt it was the most concise yet world building involved story patch that we have had yeah they're really nailing the format of having these episodic like patch based story uh, progressions. I think. It, I think it's. It was awesome. Just my my only concern is. Well, we we say that this. Well, is Alamigo is the Alamigo arc really complete? Do you think it's really no. complete at this point? Okay, good. No. My only concern is that is them alternating the storyline between Alamigo and then Doma and then Alamigo. Will where are we going to see the reconnect? I think I think the next um, the next arc to come in is gonna have to be like a global problem. Okay, so you think it's we gonna, get the next arc is gonna reconnect? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be something that connects them. It's gonna be something that unites this idea of a sort of grand like global alliance between Doma and Eorzea. I think mm -hmm. that's really really important. Uh, the the Garlands have got to come up with something, 
if they don't come up with something, then Elutibus has got to come up with something for them, which threatens everything that we've managed to build over these last couple of patches. And, and Unity has been the number one top, between Ishgard, between... Because you got to remember our boy Emmerich is back there just busy mm-hmm. trying to actually get that fucking bridge finished after all these years. I'm just saying, shit's been damaged and nothing's gotten done. Like, can't rely on him for anything. Um, and then we have all these other nations we had to bring together. Like, we had to bring... Ev- all of them have already been together at some point. Like, the, the assault on Alamigo was... Doma was all of the uh, Eorzean Alliance, and it was mm-hmm. the Rebels. So when do we... If that's a force that can actually fight back against the Garlean province... That's that's a force that's going to be needed to be the collective power of the next conflict, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. So, I'd like to think that eventually it's going to boil down to we can't just keep encroaching on Garlemald. We're not conquerors. No. We're what well, we are liberators at this point. So, I think we're going to get ballsy one day. I really I, think we're going to. get I think ballsy. at some point Garlemald's not going to be run by assholes, and it's yeah. not going to be an empire. I, I agree with that. We we had we had a civil war once. We know that there are uh, elements in Garlemald that are not narcissistic scumbags. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to end up identifying someone who is maybe some you know distant relation of of some ancient branch of uh, you know the the Garland throne and. Mm-hmm going to end up basically backing them in another civil war and we're going to fix Garlemald rather than destroy it. Ultimately. So so the both of you think Garlemald's going to implode Garlemald's going to implode on its It's already yeah. start it's already starting to a little bit. I mean yeah, I mean it already has like a couple of times. And it's Again, been less than 100 it's been what less than 100 years it's been like 80 90 years that it's been mm. the powerhouse that it's been. Yeah. Mm. So Before it, then, it was Republic. Yeah. So it has the history there. And mm-hmm. even Ivalice is part of trying to reveal more history about the world and mm-hmm. everything. So there's there's a lot of... There's there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on. But we have to remember that we can't ever have complete peace because then our shard ends up completely enveloped in light. And that's, that's not good for anyone. So there's always got to be some sort of conflict waiting for us to make sure it's not perfect. Fucking a little of this. We're not actually allowed to defeat the Asians because if we do, we're just gonna fucking like everything's gonna be fucking gone anyway. So we're fucked ultimately. Well, happy news. I don't know. I don't think there's any way around that. <laughs> Pretty seen like four examples of shit going down in other shards. Like it's bad news. Okay, so I think that that's a wrap. Unless is there anything that you want to bring up? that is available in this patch that we hadn't hit on. I think the only thing that we could have really done more is sightseeing logs. Looking at you, mm-hmm. post. Or more of the cards, like Roderick's. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, there's one little fun bit of trivia that we that we skipped over when we were talking about Aaronvold. Is that Aaronvold um, got over the wall in that same operation that Ida sacrificed her life for. Mm. So Ida, the original Eda effectively sacrificed her life so that Aaronvold could get over the wall and be free and end up becoming a scion, which I think was really nice as well. I just I love Aaronvold. Does Lise know that? Um I don't 
I don't know, but I don't, I don't think so. Cause he, he mentions it quite offhand uh, to us. Like it's not, not a big deal. I don't think he realizes it. Um, I think he was just part of that group and part of that operation. I don't think he realizes that, that he died there. I don't know, maybe he does. Um, but I thought that that was a really nice time as well that might've gone over a lot of people's heads. So there you go. All right, well, hopefully that's a theme that we'll explore more. Gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. As per always, now next week, and Sly, this is more to you because I don't believe Atlas will be joining us next week. We will have Aerozevi at a later date. Um, mm -hmm. There's no more real lore to wait for, Ultimate and Rival Wings. Although Rival Wings is his backstory, it doesn't really have any lore behind it. So mm -hmm. we'll have to arrange that for something in the future weeks. So next week is indeed the launch of the Ultimate Coils, the unending coils of Bahamut Ultimate. Mm -hmm. So, real quick. Sly, what are your plans for the unending coils of Bahamut Ultimate? Depends on the static. We might, well, we're probably going to go in at the same usual time, but yeah, I, I we might try to go in earlier. We'll see. But yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely preparing for Ultimate. Ethos? Um, no plans. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get around to it. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm just going to watch for the first couple of weeks and see how it goes. I'm still trying to solidify having a wake-up group for it. Yeah, I'm not going to kill myself trying to get in there. I am. I want to talk about it next week. <laughs> and it's going to be a topic. It's got to be a topic next oh, week. absolutely. Do you guys think it'll be cleared by next show? No. I don't think it will take more than a day or two. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that boat. we talked about this, you were with me saying that it was probably going to take 24 hours. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It won't be done by next show. The sh next show is the day of ultimate launching, so it couldn't be done by the next show. Well, the next show is like... It's 13 hours after... It's like 13 hours after the patch. 13 hours after it? So you don't think it'll be, it'll be done? No, I don't think it'll be done in 12, 13 hours. If Neo, listen, if Neo X-Death took, took longer than... He, he took the majority of the progression time that was less than 24 hours i think this will i'm still in the boat that it's like you know sub three days kind of thing okay but uh not before we start the next show no all right for sure yeah because that'd be a fun discussion guys mm -hmm. uh shows uh, ultimates uh ultimates uh done guys. <laughs> that'd be a pretty short show <laughs> uh yeah let's talk about the fight i guess yeah gonna be fun though i'm looking forward to seeing what this does because we sack we lost the dungeon for this all right and i'm okay with that sacrifice <laughs> yeah i'm fine with that i'm okay with that too i don't do the expert roulette anyway well we lost the dungeon for, <laughs> for squadrons and for uh hidden well, canals i made like tw i made like 20 mil in the hidden canals so i'm doing all right so far what man I mean, like, t I got a Thevnarian wool, I got a, what's the other wool? Oh, a Hainish wool, and I got the Crimson Sunrise, and then just gill drops, other than that. Dang, dude, 20 mil from how many runs? I'd say it's probably total six, seven hours of runs. That's pretty good. We only, I've only been inside the, the Hidden Canals maybe eight or nine times out of, like, like over 100 maps. So Steve's maps are not incredibly common unless you get really lucky, like back to back to back to back to back. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm digging it. It's just it's dollar. 
So I got to do some of those tomorrow before I, I hit up Warframe, before going to ah. TwitchCon. All right, so on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I think we can wrap up this lore-filled show now that yes, the, we are now allowing spoilers on the channel. should be some fun conversations Hooray. for the next several weeks. All right, so, gentlemen, let us do our sign-offs. Uh, Ethos, why don't you, as our, as our very well-timed guest, uh, tell them where they can find you at? Uh, look, you can actually find me in, in Melbourne uh, next weekend for those of you in Straya um, who are going to be at PAX Melbourne. I'm going to be there. There's going to be a Square Enix booth. There's going to be a Final Fantasy XIV booth for the first time ever. We're going to be doing uh, T-shirt challenges so you can come and fight some primals and win some T-shirts and get some selfies with me um, and some other people. And that's going to be awesome. For everyone else, you can find me on Twitter at EthosFFXIV. You can find me on twitch.tv slash EthosAsher, youtube.com slash EthosAsher, and other social media places. Just Google Ethos. There's only one. There's only one Ethos. I'm willing to debate that. I will find another Ethos, and I will present him to him or no. her to you. No, no such thing. What about Sly? <laughs> what? I just say it like that. Sly? Hi. Hi. You can find me at twitch.tv slash sly aka gray fox. You can find me on Instagram at sly aka gray fox07. You can find me on Twitter at sly the fox. You can find me on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash development room. You can find me this week in Long Beach, TwitchCon. Ooh. Going to the LBC. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. And, like, where can we find you? I'm pretty sure we're, I can find you in the same place. Yeah, you can find me at Long Beach this upcoming weekend. I have a meet and yeah. greet Sunday at 2 o'clock. It was supposed to be 1230. It got moved to... I'm sorry. It was supposed to be 12. I got, mine got moved to 2 o'clock. So that's when my meet and greet's going to be Sunday at 2 o'clock. I also have some other stuff planned, but I'm... Uh, I, I It's not on the official schedule yet, so I'll tell you after... I do that stuff since I don't know if I can I can talk about the specifics of that yet. But you can also find me, Mr. Happy One Two Two Seven, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, all those fun places. And uh, if you're not at TwitchCon this weekend, uh, sorry because I'm going to be giving away, as among other things, I'm bringing other Cap stuff cards. to give away to people. Kappa cards. That's me. These are these are basically Twitch trading cards for broadcasters. Oh, that's awesome! And this one's got Aloha. It's okay. I'm showing it to them because they have a different camera than you guys. It's got Aloha, a Chocobo. It's got a Moogle, and then it's got me looking way thinner there than I am IRL. All right. So anyway, that's that was my that was my number one takeaway of that. I was like, that's <laughs> that's very generous of you to draw me like <laughs> that's that. That's unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. Should have put me on a fat Chocobo at the very least. Oh my god. There you go. I'd love to see someone do the opposite. Someone <laughs> the chocobo on my back. Just, just, no, just transplant you with like a really, really fat you. <laughs> I could ask Gears Art to do it. Gears Art didn't do this one. He does a lot of the Kappa card art for Twitch, but it wasn't him who did this one. So I could be like, hey, could you do this one but make me fat? And he'd just be like, make me like really disgusting. <laughs> he would probably want to make the original artist do it. <laughs> no, ask ask her. Ask her. She'll 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 make you fatter. Don't worry. Aloha's too thin also, to be honest. He's got to be fatter in there as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on over into a short post-show. Thank you again. By the way, those plumbers made no noise at this pretty much the entire show. Well, I told them, like, there was a two-hour window where I didn't, where, where, like, could they please be careful about making noise? But we started. You told them to shut the fuck up. Ultimately, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, 
Shut the fuck up. Thank you, plumbers. Really? All right, short post-show time, because I know Sly wants to wake his ass up and go play more GT Sport, and even though raid. he's probably doing raid, yeah, and then Ethis yeah, has a day ahead of him. Yeah, I'm streaming in a couple hours. There you go. So, thank there you for you. joining us this week. We'll see you next week to talk about day one of Ultimate Coil. Thank you. Oh, Been almost forgot. Every week, Sly. Every week. We are in the show so long. You almost forget it again. But you know oh what does God. it? This is this is why I do what I do. The outro screen has all the names. I can never forget because the did outro you, Did you already switch over to the outro screen? No, I didn't, but I'm looking okay. at it. I'm looking okay. at the outro screen. But I want to switch the outro screen while I'm shutting them out so that way everyone can see the names. I think that's... Okay. That's not a bad idea. All right, so uh, shout out to our patron sponsors, our Patreon sponsors. Uh, those of you who have provided names who are who are our official sponsors for the uh, tiers that we have over there. Uh, our standard ones, we have Ignis Faragun from Diablos, Phoenix Daffrey Company on Goblin, Saren from Zodiac, Hirsch First, The Macho Lewis, Jean-Francois, Goisha Valfer of Siren, Kiriyoshi, Elison Leor of Balmung, Renault Chikara, Velestra of Fanfred, Elison Leor from Balmung, and Sour Cream and Chives, which makes me want a potato right about now. Not a Lalafo. Uh, and then we have our elite sponsors in Tin Colossus, Darklight 2013, Arthur Mill Gaming Bishop, Kiltastic Jones, Roll Jr., Killer Hackman, Ahmed, Kurnai Oni Abdullah, Kuja Cross of Genova, Nadia Kurosami, Aqua Sacrifice, Obai Josamji, Rudy Rudiger, Spike, Private Mikey, Janua Odin of Tonberry, and Ira, and the Avon Blanc Free Company on Zodiac, which is trying to build itself as a new player friendly free company on that server. So thank you nice. all of you for supporting and helping us with hashtag demonetization on the show. Uh, and again, as I said last week, after TwitchCon, we'll look into doing more segments like we did with Host of the Realm, but stuff that's not as one-dimensional as that, not just that again. So thank you again. Now it's officially post-show. We'll see you next week. And until then, take care. Bye. See you next week. And we're good. We are a good...